Oh, uh, we're going to have to kill everybody. You're listening to the Insert Credit Super Nintacular. I'm your host, Alex Jaffe, and I primarily think of the Super Nintendo as the console with all the fan-translated ROMs of early Dragon Ball Z fighting games. Hmm. My uh, name is Tim Rogers, and I primarily think of the uh, Super Nintendo in terms of I beat Super Mario World on Christmas the day we got it and felt really sad that it was over. Uh, my name is Frank Cifaldi. I also primarily think of Super Nintendo in terms of a specific memory, which is getting it in Christmas of 1994, which was, uh, I believe, we've all determined the best month of video game history. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> I'm I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I primarily think of the uh, Super Nintendo as the console that had a bunch of inferior ports of TurboGrafx games on it. <laughs> I own that game, too. In fact, it's right here. I uh, I'm Christian Nutt. I love the Super Nintendo, uh, and I was trying to think about what my favorite Super Nintendo game is, and I can't hold it up because I don't know, but this is an excellent candidate right there. Well, so. you're going to have to tell us what it is, because this is Wait, Christian show. Nutt, do you, mean, do you mean this one, Christian Nutt? Do you mean this I one? I mean that one. I mean yeah, that okay. one. Yes, not everyone's watching video. Yeah. It is Mega Man X. That is what I'm... Yeah. I'm actually holding up Rock Man X. Rock Man X. And, and I've got... And I'm holding up Mega Man X. Mega Manx, uh, Rock so Manx. Th- this is one of our uh, this is one of our B Goat edition episodes, or in this case, B S N E S Goat or Business Goat. Business and, Goat, uh, yes, yes, Business Goat. <laughs> uh, the rules are as follows: uh, I collected votes, uh, hundreds of votes. It was you guys, you, you guys really went hard on this, and I'm really oh, proud of I love when they go hard. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, I compiled the top twenty vote getters in alphabetical order, which we'll uh, we will dedicate four minutes to discussing each of them and then ranking them. If two of you uh, decide to uh, pass on a title, then we will pass on it and I will append one of the runner-up vote-getters to the end of the alphabetical order until we have truly discussed and ranked 20 of these. And at the very end, we'll be able to put our own spin on it, which I will discuss uh, the exact rules of when the time comes. Uh, Are we ready to begin with our first alphabetical title, in oh the man! Best Super Nintendo games of all time. Oh, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, all right. Break, let's break it off, man. Break it off. Game number one is Blackthorn. Oh baby. Mm. Oh, so okay. I like Blackthorn a whole darn lot. Uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people, it is a kind of a what do you call it? It's a Blizzard game that not a whole lot of people know a whole lot about. And uh, yeah, so far, have, it's number but, one then. Well, I have a, I have, there I have we a, go. I have an immediate concern about Blackthorn, though. I have it as it's, well. It's also on the 32x. Yes, and the 32x version is unfortunately Better. superior. Yes. So uh, I would say we should veto Blackthorn. Yeah, I'm it's, sorry. It's an We're, unfortunate DQ. I want to let everybody know from the beginning of the podcast we are going for games that are essentially 
Super Nintendo games, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. Black Blackthorn is not only our first game, but also our first to be vetoed. Our second yeah, cute game, though. Real. Yeah, do, you want, game. do you want to hear what Daniel Carpenter of EGM had to say about it? Let's I hear think, what da- let's hear what okay. DC had to had to say. Let's hear it. Uh, this is just a part of its review. Uh, by the way, four eights out of EGM. Uh, the game that. takes on the game takes on a dark persona, which makes some enemies hard to see in the background. But oh well, <laughs> it just adds to the mystery. <laughs> 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 wow, okay. We're getting off to <laughs> Great start, guys. All right, That's good. Our That's second, what the Persona does. Our, our second game is one I think will definitely count. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, okay. Chrono Trigger! I, I played, that. played that one. I played that also. I'm going to put that at number one so far. That's a joke, of course. Uh... And I'm I'm going to go ahead and predict it's going to stay at number one for a little while. Quite some time. Alphabet right yes. now. Uh, Chrono actually, Trigger is fantastic. What what do you actually? What do you I actually, actually? Sorry, I was going to say like Chrono Trigger is a weird game for me because I played it at the time amidst the proto hype of the proto internet because that was kind of the early days for both of those things. Nuke. And I had com. my predictable uh, reaction of being proto curmudgeonly about it. Um, <laughs> you weren't quite, quite curmudgeonly yet? Yeah, it was the proto-internet, so you know, <laughs> I hadn't quite developed the, the, the personality to do that yet. I was about 18 or whatever. Uh, but um, I went back and replayed it in 2008, and oh my god, that game deserves every plot it, it has, is what I was going to yeah. say. It is it is really quite something. It is quite it's, an achievement. It's What's so, the persona like? So, it's a pretty dark persona, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, it that game is so stupidly together in a way yeah. that uh, like no other games of that type from that era or even from later eras kind of ever were, and yeah. I really really like it so much. Yeah, they I, weren't messing around with that one. I you, the the first time I played it, this is one of the rare Super Nintendo games that I actually played semi close. To the to the proper vintage, there was a brief time where I purchased a uh, Super Nintendo from a friend in late high school. So I had it in like 1998, and uh, he had Chrono Trigger, and I played it for about an hour, and I didn't really get into it uh, because I wasn't sure what to do in the fair. I thought there would be more stuff or something. I don't remember, but uh, a little while ago, actually, I know exactly when, in 2006. I replayed it, 2009, I replayed it on the DS uh, in Hong Kong, which is where I beat it when I was really sick, and it was it was just so tightly put together that I was able to incentivize myself to get all the way through it without, uh, you know, walkthroughs, without, you know, uh, bothering to, to check what other people were saying about things, because everything... Everything was there, and it was the perfect level of challenge. It was the perfect level of pacing to to maintain my interest. It's just such a... It's so hard to make a game that's that tight uh, and is oh, also yeah. an RPG. It's, oh, it's yeah. also not too hard, but not too like easy, and it's really a prototype in retrospect, looking back to like what RPGs were going to be like on the PlayStation 1, structurally and in terms of content and like design aesthetic. But, like, oh, yeah. Before that actually happened, it's quite it's 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 a nice game to put it. Final mildly. Fantasy VII is very much a kind of a spiritual sequel to Chrono Trigger in terms of the way it's put together and paced and the way it flows. Yeah, there was Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III as it was called in the U.S. was a had that opera house scene where mm-hmm. just in that one scene there's this dynamic thing where there's these characters having a story and you can 
switch between your dudes, and it had a couple of these weird inventive set pieces that when you got to Chrono Trigger, the whole game was just made up of those. And uh, when I first played it, I was a little bit disappointed with uh, the the literary aspect of it. I thought the story was kind of cheesy, but as yeah. it went on further into the game and you get to... I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't played it, because I think it's one of the few games that people who like general entertainment should play. But uh, it just it develops this really weird, deep story with this... Uh, this uh, kind of relationship of this character who exists in multiple planes and has grown up across different time periods and uh, it's uh, kind of like a really good Doctor Who episode that also happens to be like really long and really imaginative and what what it kind of uh, stands as in terms of video game history is it's I remember Electronic Gaming Monthly couldn't stop using the words the dream team to talk about <laughs> it the, which was yeah. a basketball reference that uh uh, might have been lost on some of the non-jock kids who read EGM, but uh, uh, the Dream Team was SquareSoft and Enix, uh, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy teaming up, and uh, ironically look... something they never managed to do again after they merged. Yeah, it does not make sense uh, <laughs> at all. So when you look into the way Yuji Hori, the writer of the Dragon Quest, the director of all the Dragon Quest games, structured the story and how he told Masato Kato, who was a newer kind of writer, he's like, I want you to write just this part, you know? Just this one part of the story and, like, don't show it to me. But it has to fit in like this and we're going to kind of just put them together. And uh, that's really neat when you go back and play the game yeah. knowing, that, knowing the way they wrote it. The uh, end. Our next oh, also really good music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, really good graphics. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I, the way the the one thing I know EGM made a big deal out of in their their four nines review was uh, the way the way uh, the enemies kind of just pop out of the scenery and now you've got to fight, you know. And it's uh, it's it was a really uh, it didn't actually add anything to strategy. They tried to make it add stuff, but it was really cute to uh, be playing through the game and see stuff happening sort of where it where it was. Huh. So, Sam, I'm going to have to correct you. Um, oh, there, oh, there was an eight, wasn't there? Nope. Was, was there, there an eight? Or was eights. it? What was it? Was it two nines and two tens? Uh, almost. It was two nines and two nine point fives. Oh no! Um, oh so no! We're, we're gonna, How did I forget that? We're going to hear from two members of the review crew. The first oh one, lordy! First one is Ed Samred, who says uh, it's almost as good as the Final Fantasy games, but not quite. A true measure of an RPG is the emotion you get out of it. This cart will make you laugh and cry. Chrono is like riding a roller coaster. I wonder if uh, Ed Semrad still calls games carts to this. He day. might, or softs. They like to call soft. them soft. Oh, yeah, this, soft. This but soft. Uh, I think I think to wrap this up, we have to quote Daniel Carpenter, who says, "Above all, it's an RPG." Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it actually, it actually is. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all right, folks. Our next game is Contra Three: The Alien nope. Wars. And then I could do my thing that I'm going to do. I played that. I played that. I'm going to put that at number two so far. Okay. Yeah, me too. Number two is yep, where that too. goes. My like gimmick that... is that I'm fishing out the cartridges for those who are not watching. <laughs> I like that game a whole lot. Do I have that one in here? I don't have that one in here. I like that game a whole darn lot. Uh, I like... Uh, I like the, the, the two-weapon system where you can kind of switch between your weapons. That was real nice. <laughs> It's good at having every level being a totally different thing. 
Uh, I like I like that a whole lot. I like how each level is like you're playing a slightly different game. It's real cute like that. And uh, I like uh, what else do I like? I, I like that I li- it's got muscles. <laughs> I have fond memories of sitting around with my friends at the time when it came out when I was about 14, and just like back being still in that you know frame of mind where you'd sit on the floor of like the carpet of the rec room and all play the same video game and talk about it. And I have a very strong memory, particularly with that game, of like, you know, right when the Super Nintendo came out, we were just switching in cartridges and just having fun, and that's one of those games that I really strongly associate with that kind of feeling. I, I played that game after playing Gunstar Heroes and before playing any other Contra. So that was kind of a weird time for me to be playing that, and uh, it definitely didn't hold up, like... I wanted another Gunstar Heroes, and it turned out there wasn't going to be one of those ever. Um, but it was... Uh, so I was disappointed with it initially, but going back now, it's d- one of the more playable Contras, uh, at least, that are made out of sprites, because oh, you can yeah. you you can get through it. It's not as hardcore as hardcore, and it's... Uh, you know, it's it's at it's at a nice you know young human level of, of playability, which I actually appreciate about it because that's about where my ability lies nowadays. I, I like Contra Three because uh, the level designs are all very very set piecey, and it's very much a uh, proto cinematic adventure action game where it's every single screen isn't just uh, you know it's not Super Mario. You're not running and jumping on dudes. It's like there's there's stuff happening on every screen. So it's like every screen you're on, there's like a little thing happening. It's either there's a guy in a little fortification and you're shooting at him or there's a vehicle or just whatever there is. You know? Yeah, this, this is not directly to Contra 3 necessarily, but I miss the days of, you know, fighting a giant, crazy, weird alien horde for which they will kind of create an entire... You know, universe of visual style. It just doesn't happen like that anymore, and I, I miss that sort of thing. So, number two. That's yeah, number I'd say, two. I'd say it's number, number two. two. I, I, I want to add that uh, I really like the top-down levels where you press L and R to rotate, and you're shooting at guys. I, I wanted a whole game of that. So uh, EGM gave it a four nines, and sure all, four of, all four of them mentioned Mode 7. Yeah, yes. Konami that, put that all over the market. That's material. all you need to know. Our on the third, back of the box. Oh, and I want to say all three games so far, or is it two games? The so three games so far have been uh, EGM's Editor's Choice Gold for their respective release months. Oh, very good. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Our next game, the third to be ranked, perhaps, uh, is Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest. Isn't it Diddy's Kong Quest? Diddy's Kong Quest. I can verify Diddy's Kong Quest right there on camera. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. You know what? I never noticed that. Yeah, it's a. Don't you know that the British love really awful puns? Diddy's. (laughs) I I can't believe I've been pronouncing that title wrong for like twenty years. Diddy Kong's Quest. Yeah. Uh, Diddy Diddy Kong's Quest. uh, doesn't have a pun in it. If you're pronouncing the title of a British game and there's not a pun. In it, you might, be, you might you might not have the title. Oh, man, I feel like such a boob right now, guys. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what a maroon! Yeah, you do. You should feel like a maroon. I, I, uh, I, I, I like that game. Uh, it's the it's best. 
Donkey Kong Country game. Uh, I still I would put it at number three on the list so far. Oh, for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It has it has that music that a lot of people like. Uh, As they should. There was, a, there was a string quartet at a at at Indiecade just this past week playing the title screen music on a string quartet, which is pretty funny. But uh, pe- people like that music. Uh, I like some of the really stupidly harder levels, the levels that really harken back to the old days of uh, dumb British video games. Uh, <laughs> like the levels where you're you're a bee. Okay, so in previous... Uh, or not a bee, you're a parrot. In in previous Donkey Kong Country games, which, by <laughs> which sounds, I mean the first sounds, one... Sorry, I, I just want to mention that sounds really stupid without having played the game. It's like, Does it uh, really yeah. matter? Does it really matter if you're a bee or a parrot? I mean, it's a British, <laughs> it's a British video game about... About monkeys who have the word donkey in their name. Yeah. So, donkey, monkey. So, there's in the previous Donkey Kong Country game, which was called Donkey Kong Country, and it for some reason didn't have a pun in the title, which I don't understand. Uh, you could, like, ride on a parrot, right? You, like, get on this parrot and you're, like, riding on him. You can also ride on a rhinoceros because that's what people think of when they think of gorillas. They think of how cool it would be for them to ride on a rhinoceros. However, in Donkey Kong Country 2, you can do the same thing because got to have all the same stuff, right? Uh, however, you can also turn into the animal for a level. What? which doesn't what? make sense, but there's there's some levels where you're in, in canon. Does 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 donkey like morph into an animal or? Yeah, you're just replaced by it. It's like it's yeah. like a little sparkle and then yeah. Yeah, there's like a pop and then now sparkle. you're this. So you can turn into the parrot through the sparkle, and then there are these levels where you're flying through a giant briar patch, and there's just like hundreds of bees, and the bees have spikes all over them. <laughs> I, I know this like, is. Here you are. Get the stuff and get out of here. I know and this is going to bother Frank the rest of the show, so I have to specify it's more like a tag team thing than a transformation thing. I see. It, is gonna, uh, it was going to bother me, Frank. It's, it's more like a transformation in my mind because uh, <laughs> there are levels where you ride on them, right? Why not just be riding on them? Because they want to remove the get hit and lose the animal and transform it into a get hit and die is why they want to do that. Yeah, it, that's it, part of it. The logic also of flying around and, and it, the, the hitbox stuff, I think, too, it's, helps. It's, it's level design gone crazy. But anyway, the game is full of little levels like that that are just fun little challenges that you can divorce from the awful, awful copywriting and the terrible instruction manual and the, the sub-preschool puns that are just lying all over the floor like turds and banana peels. It's... It's it's actually a game with a bunch of fun little mechanicals in it. What's funny is for me at least, like I so I rented Donkey Kong Country at, at the time because of the just amazing hype for it, and I really didn't yeah. think it was anything special. I mean, everyone was freaking it's out over not. the rendered graphics, and I was like, okay, good music, really mediocre platformer. I returned it to Blockbuster and then wrote off the franchise. Then last year, uh, my boyfriend made me play the second one, and wow, it's like I'm late to the party on that one, but. We played it together co-op uh, on his like Wii, like you know, virtual console. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's just very good. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It's got all this like super arbitrary hidden stuff. Like, oh, if you know exactly where to go through this wall of death, it's actually you know invincible, and you you, you know rather like it's not it doesn't hurt you, and you can find a secret. You know what I mean? It's full of secrets and hidden crap. It's just like super one of those games where they just took all this effort and 
put it in there. Yeah, it's nice. yeah I'd say it's right. the best Donkey Kong Country game. It's one of the best platformers on the Super Nintendo, but I still don't like the whole, you got to roll off an edge and right. you can, like, extend off a thing and jump. And there's a lot of these those weird, like you say, those arbitrary hidden things that remind me of British games. Like Yes, and, it's the Britishiest. Uh, yeah, it's very British. Game will be discussing, and, probably. And uh, why not put it on there? So uh, that's number three. Number three. So, uh, yes, so Andrew Barron uh, uh, points out in his review, uh, unfortunately I didn't note down the score, DKC2 has multiple endings depending on how many you find. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Could have said it better myself. (laughs) I think that sentence must have come after a sentence referencing the banana coins, right? Sure. Uh, No, I don't think so. Oh, that's Uh, weird then, because that is, yeah... Sushi yeah. X has, has sort of a controversial opinion, but maybe not. Uh, DKC2 demonstrates what sequels should be all about. The game not only carried, carried over the same look and feel of the original, but it also added a new character and more challenging levels. All sequels should add a new character. Yeah. Definitely more challenging levels, too. Our next, uh, our next item for discussion is one that won't be seen in any of uh, Frank's Electronic Gaming's monthly. Oh, uh, let's hear it. Dragon Quest V. Oh, oh, DQ5. Ah, man. Here's the thing where I've got to choose which one of those is better, Chrono Trigger or Dragon Quest V. I'm going to say Chrono Trigger is better than Dragon Quest V. I'm uh, on board with that because sure. uh, you I've played that. Brandon, I would I would seriously recommend you play Dragon Quest V above all the games I've ever recommended you. I would recommend that one. Even more than Lufia 2? I... Hmm, it's well, I'm sure we'll be e- talking about that later. It's about equal with Lufia 2, but maybe a little bit more than Lufia 2 because it comes All first right. in alphabetical order. But uh, it's a really, really tight RPG. It's like extremely tight, and it has a very compact story about a guy. And it's like not so much – it is about saving the world and all that, but it's mostly about a dude and uh, his dad. And it's just a really nice, tender story that is very compactly put together with a uh, a, a good sort of set of mechanics. It's very Pokemon-y, where you uh, you capture monsters and they join your party. But there are some Pokemon-y. other Pokemon. But there are some other uh, characters that are in your party, uh, and they're also all real cool. And uh, well, I do like parties. Yeah, I like parties. I like hanging out at them. But uh, I like how the character is a really cool dude yeah. with a uh, a purple turban and like a white robe, purple and uh, he's got this awesome pet tiger with like an orange mohawk and saber toothed teeth, and he's like a tiger with leopard spots, which is really subtly awesome. And also, the first monster you get in your party is a slime who has like a funny personality. And uh, I don't know, man, I love man. that game a lot, and it has a lot of cool towns. And a lot of cool uh, characters, and a lot of cool little side quests, and it's just a bunch of cute stories, just yeah. and a really nice big fairy tale sort of thing. We talk well, about and, well, that that's kind of interesting to me because um, I'm I'm seeing parallels between that and my favorite Dragon Quest clone, which naturally is on the PC Engine, which is <laughs> uh, um, what's it called? Like du- Dungeon Slayer, Legend of Heroes, Dungeon Slayer, Dragon Slayer, uh, Dragon Slayer, Dragon Slayer, Dungeon Slayer. That would be pretty great too. I should... Die, Dungeon! <laughs> I hate you, Dungeon. I mean, in... Brandon, look at look at this dude. No, See this dude great. right here? That's looks your dad. Great. 
There's that's a guy with a big mustache. And there's but, your kid. Uh, that's, yeah, that's in, you. in Dragon Slayer, you you befriend a slime really early on if you meet cer- certain conditions, and I liked that a whole lot in that game, so I'd probably like it in this game, too. Dragon yeah, Quest Five is a nice game. I actually played it at Semi at the time, because I, I, it didn't come out in America, but I, I felt the need to buy a used copy uh, from like calling someone on the phone and getting them to mail it to me, like a company. And uh, because my friend was like obsessed with Dragon Warrior, at the, as it was called at the time. And I just have like a really great memory, again, of playing that at his house together, like at the night. It's, it's strangely atmospheric in a way that those games could be for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, yeah. It just, it's, just, it's a nice experience. It's just like got that quiet, clean, sort of slightly dignified feel that Dragon Quest has when it's kind of at its best, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, I would say, I, I, I want to put it at number two, because it's a great, great Super Nintendo game. And uh, but it's not it's not Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger's just, I mean it's a it's a post Dragon Quest Five game. It's a yeah, it's, it's, it's later, and it's also by the same writer, so that's cool. And uh, it's, I mean I, I would also say that Dragon Quest Five, despite being essentially a Super Nintendo game, it has an excellent, amazing, fantastic DS port that uh, is better than the Super Nintendo version. I would say. Uh, it it trades the, uh, the 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 pixel art in Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest V. I remember EGM kind of like having a little international preview about it and being like, yeah, the graphics aren't as good as whatever. And it's like, yeah, the graphics weren't that great. It was an NES game that they put a lot more graphics into. But the awesome DS port uses mostly that Dragon Quest VII 3D, which uh, was on the PlayStation One, and I just really like that 3D. Because it's got lots of pixels and lots of cubes, and I think Brandon would like the pixels and cubes in that game. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so that makes uh, Dragon Quest V number two. Our Wait. Fifth. So did we do we agree that it's number two? Because I what don't are have choices. Uh, our, right now it's Chrono Trigger, then Contra, then Donkey Kong. Yep, I'll go with two on that at this stage of the uh, proceedings. Yeah. This far. Okay. Our our fifth game is also our third role playing game. Earthbound. Wow. Earthbound. Mm-hmm. So this oh, is where it gets no. tough, right? Yeah. So this is this is extreme difficult decision time, and it's good that it came up this soon because Super Nintendo is the RPG console, right? For right. most yeah. for most people, it's where all of the the big RPGs were born. I know somebody's going to have an issue with that, but the no, Japanese, I think it's the relatively fair. It's I, a relatively yeah. fair like uh, generalization, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's fair, even though it's not my RPG console. It's definitely one where a lot of those series that have endured began. I yep. think uh, it is uh, Earthbound is Earthbound or Mother Two, as you call it, uh, if you you like me have lived in Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Earth, uh, Mother Two is, well, we, is Tim, a, Tim. We don't want another bare knuckle three debacle. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Earthbound is one of the best uh, things made. I think. I agree with that. In, in the twentieth century, I think it's uh, one of the best entertainment products uh, ever made. Uh, it's really, really, really good, uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it's. How, it's. I mean, it's, I guess what I like about it is is the. Uh, it's it's just so genuine. It's 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 so innocent and genuine, and and it just like it it feels like a real place. It feels like a real it feels like real humans worked on it. 
Oh um, yeah. Like and and kind of put themselves into it. Um and like you know not in a forced way at all. Like every, everything about this just feels like 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 cool people made a cool game and you're hanging cool. out with them. Cool, smart people with excellent taste in uh, in everything art, in music, pop and, art, fashion, yeah. music, uh, literature. They just kind of hung out and made a really awesome thing. Like hey. in Earth, in Earthbound is everything that I see. Lots of other people say they like about point-and-click adventures, which I've also played. But yeah, it's just so much more dense. It's Actually, just, maybe that's worth pointing out is is yeah. what you just said because I am a point-and-click adventure fan. Yes. Right. And this is my favorite RPG. Yes. Uh, there there seems fact, to be some correlation. Yeah, so Earthbound is the intersection oh, between Frank and Tim's tastes on this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. I actually I would say the just... JRPG genre... Oh, sorry. No, oh, Christian, I, go. I, go. Go go for the it. JRPG go. genre took over for me when... point. Like, I loved point-and-click adventure games, but I started hating PC games when Doom came out because I thought it was the problem. Um, I mean, broadly speaking. That's a long, longer conversation, but uh, uh, yeah, the JRPG genre took over for point-and-click adventure games for me. I think it's like there's actually a lot of overlap in why you might like them, and this is a, probably the best example of where that 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 Venn diagram kind of center lies. I don't it's know, a, like how, like like Tim, you've always recommended I go for Dragon Quest V next. I mean, like, is yeah. that for similar reasons? Uh, for similar reasons, yes. There's there is the same humanity in Dragon yeah. Quest V as, like as I think world. I. As I think I wrote in my review on ActionButton.net, uh, Dragon Quest V uh, feels like it's made by a, a man, not necessarily who is a great author of literature, but a really cool old guy who you could call on the phone and he would tell you where the best curry shop was within a block of where you you are right now. Like, yeah. like, like it's and Earthbound is the same thing except uh, it's like you imagine it's made by a guy you would call. And you'd be like, hey, I need to have a life-changing experience, and I'm at these GPS coordinates. And he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you where to go. It's like six blocks away, but once you get there, there's going to be this little club, and you go in there, and there's a bunch of guys. The owner's, the owner's name is Tony. He knows yeah, yeah, there's, there's yeah. a bunch of dudes playing uh, bongos, but then there's uh, somebody playing a, one of those triangles. And another person with a theremin and whatever, and it's they're gonna they're gonna hook you up, and it's like oh okay, that's that's what it sort of feels like, and yeah. so they're they're very close in terms of that worldliness aspect that we you you almost feel nowhere else yeah. in any video games anywhere mm-hmm. outside of Dragon Quest and Earthbound. And and I think that's that's part of why I like this game so much is that I can't connect with like fantasy worlds at all. I'm just incapable. Yeah. They're just fake places to me, and. Earthbound being in in a more grounded sort of environment, um, like I I I was able to uh, attach myself to it much more than I would have in other JRPGs, and and like really felt like I was having a grand adventure, you know, like I was it was a road trip, right? It was a it was a road yeah. trip movie. It was it was it was kids going on a road trip adventure, and uh, you know I was right there along with them. I was visiting weird towns. I was like watching bands play like in a, in a foreign place I'd never been to. Uh, yeah, you know, I was I was like sneaking onto the elevator of a, of a giant corporate building. Like like it's to to me that was a grander adventure than any fantasy themed RPG I'd ever played, and I think that's yeah, why I then, connected it so much. Yeah, we and talk then it about... starts, and then it starts. What? <laughs> Go for uh, it. We talk a lot on this show about uh, hangouty games, like games <laughs> that have a world that you feel like you could uh, kind of crawl up and live inside, and how 
those are maybe the best video games. And uh, I think Dragon Quest V and Earthbound are both two of the best Hangout games. Exactly. So, so I want to say that yeah, like what Frank says about it being grounded is is one thing. But then once it starts to get weird, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I know Brandon hasn't played it. And I, yeah, I, I haven't recommend... played it. Oh man, I would recommend this game to both you guys. I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say it starts to get weird. And when it and, wh- and when it gets weird, it's more effective because it's grounded. I think. Yeah, like when it starts to get weird. I mean, it's going to start out pretty weird, but there there are very few uh, words in the world to describe just how weird it gets, and it becomes pretty terrifying by the end of the game. And it's uh, one of the most powerful, weird, uh, moving sort of experiences I've ever had with anything, and uh, it feels like a really great book. Right, like a really, really great, weird uh, Kobo Abe, uh, Haruki Murakami uh, uh, sort of uh, postmodern, modern literature sort of feeling, and then toward the end, it just kind of blows the doors off, and it, it goes crazy. And whereas Mother Three, just for, uh, for a quick note, kind of feels like a, a really good uh, modern play. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like Mother Two feels like like a big, dense, weird book. Uh, and man, it's so good. And I would want to put it. I guess I would say number one. I'm, I'm number one for me, obviously. I I would say I would put it over Chrono Trigger. And I know the other two guys have played Chrono Trigger, but yeah, yeah see, this, I feel unqualified to rank this one. This is one yeah. of the problems that I'm going to have with this entire podcast. Is I yeah. like, ex- except when it comes to very specific games that I've played, I'm just going to have to. Leave it up to y'all because I have played so little. So right. having uh, having known you for a very long time, Brandon, I'm going to say that you would play Earthbound and you would say you like Chrono Trigger better, even if yeah, you. I agree. I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably would like Chrono Trigger better. Yeah, I, that's but, uh, that's my guess too. Having heard everything that you guys have talked about, even though it sounds really great, and I'm pretty sure I should play it. The reason and, I didn't like it at the I, time I, I want to say is right, right at this very second, the guy who localized Earthbound just favorited my tweet about us broadcasting. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, we've got, to, we've got to put it at number one, then. Well, <laughs> all right, there it is. Well, what we didn't discuss, just real quick, is why I didn't like it at the time is because it's kind of boring as, for, yeah. as an RPG. Yeah, it's yeah, too it's, hangouty at the beginning. And what's, well, what's kind of weird is it's very much like it's it's very much a game for adults, despite its sort of look. The the childish veneer, yeah. yeah like it's it is a mature game in a lot of ways. It is it is horrendously unmistakably for adults at the end yeah. of the game. Like to a point where I was uh I was 15 years old and I had read Moby Dick twice and uh, I'm at the end of that game and I'm like. I probably shouldn't uh, be playing this. Right? <laughs> like, like I, I don't, I don't think my parents would want me to be playing this. Like, so and, <laughs> I just, they would disagree. So really, really quick, EGM did not review this game properly, mm-hmm. uh, but they did have a sort of back of the issue like spotlight on it. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, I remember them saying the story is rumored to be even better than Final Fantasy 3. Yeah, yeah, like, I well, what he, what he says that. is that uh, some of our editors are saying that the storyline is better than FF3's. Well, yeah. I don't know about that. I'll tell you, this storyline is going to make you want to play this game until you beat it. Uh, so this is from John Gurkha, and most of his uh, spotlight kind of focuses on, like, uh, well, I'll tell you, first impressions. When I first got, when I first got a look at this game, I laughed out loud. It looked like it could have been done on a Nintendo, and that was yes. all the thought I gave it. It wasn't until I sat down and gave the game more than a once-over that I realized this was no NES game. And most of his 
two-page spread, which I'm holding up to the camera if you're a live viewer, is uh, basically just saying over and over, the graphics are really bad, which I don't agree with, but you should play this anyway. Well, oh, that's, yeah. well, the thing is, I was going to say, that's how it is at the time, but I bet if you read IGN, you could find some similar, uh, you know, sort of sentiments <laughs> yep. about a game that came out this year. So, uh, yeah. Hooray. I would say that I think the graphics are some of the best, most confident. They made a game look exactly like how they wanted so, it. So Tim and I are putting it at number one. Uh, I, I'm with you that I think Brandon would put Chrono Trigger above it. I also, well, I mean, Kristen, you've played some of both. Uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. I want to say, and more to the point, I recently played Mother 3, and I think the, this day in my life, uh, it'd be hard for me to choose between them because they do different things, but I'm pretty confident I would like Earthbound a lot. I actually bought the Wii U version. I just haven't gotten around to, uh, to, to you know. So, oh, man. I, I think... I'm just going to... I feel comf- comfortable letting you guys put it number one without my... Yeah. All right. Okay. That's, 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 that's what that's I'm it. trying We're to done. say. Next, Next one. point, F-Zero. F zero. I love F zero. I didn't actually pull that, so I can't show you it. Uh, I like F zero. I don't Man, like it that much. Game, I think. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that game. Uh, I'm not it, either, actually. It's got a the the way drifting works is weird because it's just kind of uh, it's it's very right angly. It's yeah. It's, mm, uh, it's kind of weird. Well, yeah, because you're almost like a cursor. It's like you're like sort of a little tiny dot, and you're rotating the world if you think about it, kind of like yeah. rather than the car. But in, I mean, for one thing, it looked great at the time. But but it's not just great uh, effects. It's also aesthetically the soundtrack's super great. The whole mood is is great. Yeah, the music's uh, good. The music's good. But I would def- yeah. I would definitely rather play. Uh, I would rather play Turbo Outrun or. Uh, virtual Racing than F Zero. Mm, well, uh, day. you'd really well, rather I mean, play like the, the Mega Drive version of Virtual Racing. Yeah, I like the Mega Drive version of Virtual it's, Racing it's a lot. It's super good. Yeah. It's super fun. Really, I ran it. Yeah. In, I mean, it just seems so janky to me. But I, maybe I need to reevaluate. I'll bring it over to your house, Christian. Oh man, I, I have a Genesis here, so we could we could play that. Bring me over to Christian Nuts' house <laughs> to play that. Um, we could all play it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd have a good time with that. Um. Oh man, that reminds me that I bought a present for Brent Porter in Japan. Uh, Brent Porter is our friend who loves virtual racing. I forgot to give it to him. I'm gonna send it to you in the mail, Brent Porter. Uh, anyway, F Zero, which is another one of Brent Porter's favorite games. I think Brent Porter would not mind. I've just said his name a million times. I think he would not mind me uh, saying that it's not necessarily anywhere near the best Super Nintendo game ever made, and uh, its various sequels on other consoles, such as F-Zero X on the N64, and F-Zero GX and F-Zero AX on the GameCube. And the are GameCube, better. Are so mm. much better. So, so much better. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, as Martin Alessi said in his review, uh, great graphics may make you feel like you're going 500 miles per hour. So That's true. That is a good point. <laughs> Uh, I think we failed to consider that. In yeah. I feel like you here. feel like you're going about 40 miles per hour in that game. Uh, I agree. Compared yeah. to the, it, it has not held up as uh, quite an essential experience. It was a launch game. Yeah, you know? it was a launch game. The other funny thing about it is that they, you know, I love that game to bits, but then they yeah. kept remaking it on like the GBA, and you know, what I mean, using the same exact mechanics, and somehow it didn't work again, which is not a good sign for how well it aged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What what that game is that is great is it is a container for weird characters like this, mm, like this yeah. weird giant samurai guy wearing a Hinomaru flag on his head and he's driving this big giant pink massive stingray vehicle or whatever it's like wasn't samurai yeah. goro was that samurai goro yeah yeah so it's like there's there's all these weird 
like vaguely European comic booky characters and stuff, and it's got a manual with a whole bunch of neat backstory. And there was like yeah, the back cover actually, if I recall correctly, the back cover didn't have screenshots of the box; it just had the pictures of the art. That's true. I I want them to make like an RPG out of it for the like in the future, like where I would play that. Oh man! Like the the racing is the battle system, and it's like something like the Wachowskis Speed Racer movie. Whereas, like you had to have a huge imagination to play that game back in the day and think you were participating in a cool world because it was just kind of a clunky little game. So where and like imagine uh, uh. uh, what is Brandon? What's the racing RPG on Turbo Graphics? It's uh, Final Lap Twin. Final yeah, Lap Twin. Final Lap imagine Twin. like a sci-fi RPG, but more like you know Chrono Trigger style, I guess, right? Where you yeah, get into fi- random F-Zero race battles. Fantasy yeah. Star Lap Twin. Yeah. Fantasy Star Lap Twin. There you go. Like I, I would play the heck out of something like that. But oh man. Like, the GameCube game kind of added a little bit more of the characters. Like, you could see the characters in the game, and that was kind of cool. The characters but, uh, were also in the uh, N64 game to an extent. They, they, definitely, they, they were. Have you ever watched the anime that they put out? And the second yeah. GBA game is based on the anime. It's actually, like, you know, reverse anime licensed or whatever. I like the GBA games. The second but, one but, didn't come out in America, I don't think. Maybe yeah, wrong, so, so where are we going to put this? Uh, I'm gonna, at, I want to put bottom? this... I want to put it above Donkey Kong personally because yeah, I don't put it like above the aesthetic. Kong. Yeah, oh, put it above yeah. Donkey Kong. Okay. All right. Put it up there. Those, those, Is that good? Those enough. rendered graphics are terrible. Yeah. Uh, they, they did not age well, no. They didn't uh, even age well at the moment they came out, in my opinion. They look like a dirty JPEG. That's what that game looks like. <laughs> <laughs> dirty JPEG. That's <laughs> you damn dirty JPEG. JPEG. Our next one is our fourth role-playing game. Uh, Final Fantasy VI or Final three. Fantasy VI or three. Wait, so that means that implies to me that Final Fantasy two or four got completely skipped over in this list. That's interesting. Uh, is it? Wait, what? Uh, what, Final Jaffe? Fantasy, Final Fantasy two or four did not get enough votes to qualify. See, are uh, you? Are you serious? I, I, I'm serious. I knew who is long- who is listening to this show. <laughs> well, we we can challenge that at the end of the list. What I believe, what right? sort of clothes do the people who listen to this show wear? Do they just oh, man, walk I don't want to know like, that. Are, I never want to know that. Walk around in ripped up hoodies, and uh, do they have no standards for anything? Tim, are you ready? Are, are you ready for this? Out of the what? Uh, hundreds of votes we received, Final Fantasy IV only received one. Whoa! Are you kidding me? No, I'm kidding. What are these? What are these people eating for breakfast? That they would that like do they just wake up and and just like cack down another handful of broken glass like 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 what is wrong with the humans in the world with computers uh, anyway I agree with I, your indignation but the Final Fantasy two slash four did not actually have much of a reputation I don't think outside of the people who like it and I also think it's slightly generational in that I mean I don't know you're younger than I am but I find that like being slightly older than a lot of people means that I felt that's the game I fell in love with when I was still young enough to be that naive sort of person who falls in love with games and by the time that Final Fantasy 3 came out I was not quite that naive anymore and I played a buttload of JRPGs but for a lot of people that was the first sort of JRPG experience they had so they had that it's, naive sort of it's romantic like how people... experience with it like how people feel about Final Fantasy VII, which is good, yeah. but yeah, it's it's that same thing where they're like, oh I my think, god. So wait, so what do we do now? Do we just pretend Final Fantasy IV is not on the list, which it we isn't? I mean, to. acknowledge yeah. it rather, and then move on to talking about three slash six. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Final Fantasy VI or three. Here's what I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it is definitely one of the coolest games that anybody's ever made. It I ain't no know. Final Fantasy IV. It ain't no Final Fantasy II. Uh, but it's 
uh, it's I like how big and weird and messy it is, and how it's full of little tiny holes and and weird plots, and how nobody is a main character. It's just fourteen sort of secondary uh, story in this big world. Yeah, there yeah. it is. That's yeah, the yeah. one right there. I appreciated yeah. it at the time. I have to say, like I, this is the single game in my life for which I was most hyped. Literally, like I cannot ever point, and it's probably never going to happen again to that extent. I was obscenely anticipatory about this game. It's also one of the first games I can remember driving to buy because the driving age in New Jersey is 17, not 16. And it came out oh, when man. I was 17. Did so, you, uh, you saw the screenshot in Electronic Gaming Monthly of Locke I, like, standing on a yet. bridge? And you see the I bridge. had the two-page spread preview of it from EGM cut out and posted on my wall by, before the game came out. I, I, was, to, I was hyped like a god darn. I was on fire with hype. About I went to Rockefeller stuff. Center, Kino Kunia, the first time in my life I ever went to one in 19 Christmas of 1993, and while I was I guess it was 1993, yeah. And while I was there, I bought a Final Fantasy VI like book trading card set thing and like endlessly flipped through it. Like with it had the Amano character out on one leaf, and then on the other leaf it had two screenshots that you could reveal by pulling trading cards off of. And I endlessly flipped through it. Then when the actual game came out, I remember being a couple hours in and being like. Oh no! Like I had that feeling I, that where I realized that this wasn't going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And, oh uh, man! It took me a long time to recover from that. I'll tell you. I. Uh, my experience with Final Fantasy VI is I've started it about three times and not gotten past the first town. Not out of boredom, but just like you know, I've played an RPG before, and Let me this isn't that great. I started as, as, Final. I started Final Fantasy VI about thirty times before I finally made my way to the end. Um, I think it was worth all those false starts. I had a really memorable time. It, I, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, it, yeah, sorry, there's some lag here. Um, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I did play through this game mostly. I didn't finish it, but I got pretty far into it. I really like the music a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. I like that, that the battle system is kind of unobtrusive. Uh, some that Definitely a lot of the other Final Fantasies were more clever and interesting with their battle system, but at least this one, yeah, in its uninterestingness, got out of the way, kind of. And uh, I don't usually talk about uh, ever ever having had significant others in my life, but there was a story where uh, a girl who I dated for quite some time early on in our relationship was able to... She, she wanted to play Final Fantasy uh, VI-3, and she was playing it on an emulator and was able to recite all of the lines in the opera scene. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to have made such an impression on someone that they could remember yeah. that. And it was, it was, it was, you know, she hadn't played it since she had played it on a Super Nintendo as a child. So that was quite something to me. I don't know if you remember being 17, but I will say that, like, the difference between being 14 and 17 is that I thought the plot of Final Fantasy IV was amazing and I thought the opera scene was really cheesy. And yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that I was right or wrong. I think it's just this, you know, it's being a teenager and sort of being a smarty pants teenager yeah, also aloof. didn't help. Um, but I think I would enjoy the looseness of it that Tim was alluding to a lot more than I did at the time. And I think if I went back and actually replayed it, which I intend to do with my, with my fiancé at some point, uh, I think I'm going to have a really great time. But I only have sort of besmirched memories of the whole thing, which is weird. Smirchy. I uh, so I I played through the whole game about ten times in my life. Uh, I like it a lot. I know probably everything about it. 
Like uh, I've even read all of the the hacking guides on it, uh, and I've I've messed around with hacking the ROMs in in the past. I I like the game a whole lot, despite my thinking Final Fantasy IV is uh, an infinitely superior product and entertainment experience. Um, I really really like the game. I I, uh, I had read a couple of Charles Dickens novels at the time I played the game, mm-hmm. and as soon as I picked up on the influence. Uh, like right around the time when you meet the uh, the wild boy gal, I was like, oh man, there's some cool Charles Dickens stuff going on, and these guys read some books and kind of had some fun with them. And there's mm-hmm. so much stuff with structure in the game that is neat. How they will there's one part kind of early on. Frank, you say you couldn't get past the first town. If you can get a little bit of the way into the game, there's a part where you've you just kind of go from the first town, you and the girl, and then you pick up another character, and then you pick up a, a fourth character, and you pick up a fifth character, and then there's a part where you've met all these people, and it splits apart, and you now choose which of the three stories you want to play first. And from, the, from that point on, the game is just kind of addictively kind of hooking. I mean, there's just like... It's really, really, cool. really hooky story writing. I mean, it's... It's a real popcorn video game, as far as that sounds as I good. I mean, like, like I didn't get past it because it was bad. You understand? It's just yeah, you know, yeah. It's just like I get it. It's an RPG. I'm not really drawn in here. But yeah, it, no, it, it sounds it's pretty got cool. Stu- it's got stuff in it definitely that's that's worth seeing, and it it does one of the best jobs of creating an atmosphere in its world. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. In, in in that Super Nintendo uh, kind of RPG area. Yeah, it has a good atmosphere, a very dark atmosphere. It, it is, however, easy to see the enemies. Well, you can tell it's... it's <laughs> it actually yeah. contrasted a lot between Final Fantasy V and VI in the sense that, like, I'd actually played Final Fantasy V at the time because that was the first game I ever imported. Yeah. And, and it's not on the list, obviously. Um, but uh, there's, you know, there's a real contrast between those two games. Like, at the time, I had, like, this kind of, like, you know, oh, there's not enough variety of the graphics, there's not enough, you know, depth of the gameplay, etc. Yes, the story is more interesting, but I think you're right. They tried really hard to create a, a feel, like a sense. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's so, just so much stuff in the game. So where much. are we putting Final Fantasy VI? Well, you know, I want to, as Al Manuel pointed out, uh, Square can do no wrong with this game. There you go. Yeah. No matter what they put in the card, it would be fine. So. That's number one material. <laughs> that's that's a joke. Um, and then uh, Sushi X had two uh, very similar things to say at the beginning and end of his review. Uh, by the way, it was four nines. Uh, if you don't already get the picture, this is the RPG to get. And then also, if you don't get the hint, get this game. He's, he's <laughs> so you need to I get would, the hint and the picture. <laughs> right. I would like to point out that the that's game... That's like a magic eye picture. The, that the game cost about 16 times the price of an issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah, it's true. It was, it, the game was $79.99 new. Oh, man. And uh, yeah. I... Chrono Trigger was 75 I think, also, yeah. Chrono Trigger was uh, also a similar price. When Final Fantasy VI or three came out, I had to rent it several times, and each time I rented it, my save had been deleted by some guy who had played for, like, five minutes or 12 minutes, and they were like, they just copied their save over three places because the save system, people didn't know how to work it. And uh, that was really sad, but I ended up getting intimately familiar with the first four or five hours of the game. But uh, when I first, when I got the game, when I was able to buy it was because Kohl's had an, a sale on it. It was $52.96 in their flyer, and I was like, I don't understand that price, but... Here's now, this game, and I'm gonna have it now. 
And today there was an announcement that they're releasing it for uh, iOS and Android. So and I'll uh, I'll pick it up on my and you will, on my Retina sure. iPad Mini, which comes and out. And you will the... you will see the incredibly fucking horrifically bad res graphics if it's anything like Final Fantasy V. Dear they've got to yeah. they've got to get on that. Is what they've got to do. Those jerks. Anyway, anyway, Where I would put it. it I, I that's what I'm about to say. Uh, I would put it under Dragon Quest V, personally. I'm, with, Dragon, I'm okay with that. Dragon Quest V is just so tight and so together. I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. So we've got uh, Dragon Quest V starts... You know, I've played the beginning of both games more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon yeah. Quest V starts on a boat, and the other one starts in a city, and I like the boat way better. So. Yeah, boats I mean, are great. cool. Boats are pretty great. Our next game is Kirby Superstar. Ooh, oh. I didn't expect to see that on this list. Yeah. I, I, that's another one I, I have in my box of games I did not pull to Kirby on camera. Superstar is pretty cool. Um, I like it a lot, but not that much. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I, Kirby I, is a pretty dumb, childish video game series. Yeah. Mm, I'm, I would argue with you on that one, but... That part, that specific part of it, uh, I think it's coming to its own recently, but I, I'm going to have to pass on this one. I've actually never played my copy of this game. So it's mechanically know. boring. It's 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 six Kirby games that are yeah. each sort of okay. Yeah, I mean, I haven't literally never played it, but I mean, I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, I put it in, got that sense, and then immediately turned it off and never played it again. So I don't no, know. I, I have a question since you've played it, Tim. I'm looking at the EGM reviews. Some reviewers say there are four games, and some say there are six. Because two of them are stupid little, very tiny sub WarioWare mini games. I see. Well, you know, okay, what they're, they're not. They're, they're sli- slightly bigger than WarioWare games. Sushi X specifically says when players purchase Kirby Superstar, they get more than one title. They get four. Each of the title is distinctly different from the last, making play thrilling, no matter which game you choose. Yeah, I will the, say, they are thrilling because, I will because say that. there are four. They're thrilling, no matter That's what. Right. That's how that works. <laughs> I would say this game, by the way, the, it's, all, its best claim to fame is that the Super Famicom box is literally one of the best pieces of game box art ever. Uh, you should Google it up. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. But cool. as for playing, I would give it a pass. Not a not a rating. I, uh, I, I, let's put it on the bottom of the list. Okay. Well, wait, wait. Remember, there's the rule that if... I mean, if you're the only person saying to say about this game and that is put it on the bottom of the list, shouldn't we just veto it? You're doing two. Well, let's yeah. let's make it. Let's we can make it a pending veto. No, we can't. We can't. That how, how can we not? Well, then, yeah, well, bottom of the list is a pending veto. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool game, I'd say. I mean, I, I have no doubt that it's fun. I would probably kind of like it. I, it's I don't got a lot of colors. It's uh, artistically confident. It's got nice music. There's there's sort of a roguelikeish explore the cave game in there. I don't feel ready is, to veto it. So, yeah, I was, I mean, well, no, my part was more like we had this original rule suggesting that if two people passed on a game, it'd be passed. And I just thought since three people I have nothing to say about it. Well, I don't, I don't like need it. to. Yeah, nothing I don't, I mean, to say isn't to pass. Yeah, nothing to say yeah. isn't to pass. Like, we can sort of rank based on like what we know. Okay. Right. We, we, um, we, we and, can also rank in base like uh, right. what, what is the bottom of the list currently? Uh, the bottom of Donkey the list Kong. currently Donkey is Kong. Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest. I think Donkey Kong Country yeah. 2 Diddy's Conquest is a more together experience. I'm good with All that. Right. 
Uh, let's move right the heck on then. Let's and do it. Down list. Our next game is The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Oh, I Legend saw this Zelda. one coming. Legend of Zelda, like God, there's there's too many great games on this god darn console. Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past is one of the best holistically designed video games ever made. It works as a fantastic action game where every action feels absolutely perfect. Uh, it works as an adventure game where you are talking to people and earning clues and putting together puzzles. And it works as a as an action adventure where you're solving puzzles. Uh, and it, it works as an RPG where you're experiencing a story. It's It's really, really good in a way that it's so good it's kind of boring. If I have yeah, to. like, yeah. like uh, uh, Miyamoto, you know, I think Miyamoto's biggest strength is his ability to be like a tactile designer, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. this is the most tactile Zelda, but mm, I yeah. kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, like, like the feel of running around, the feel of bumping into stuff, like this is the Zelda that feels the best, but... It feels amazing. But I kind of agree with you, Tim, that it's almost too good. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh... It's kind of has an I get it part about halfway through. Like you, you've done a couple yeah. of Dark World dungeons, and you're just like, well, I get it. And I that's mean, that's actually it, exactly yeah. where I stopped. I got through a couple of Dark World dungeons, like I think literally two Dark World dungeons, and I'm like, I don't really need to finish this. I think the, I get the, it. There's nothing. There's nothing like pushing me forward. Story wise, the same thing happened to me the last time I played it. That's funny. I didn't really think about it, you know, until it has such tone to it. Like, whether, I mean, I can respect that that Dark World has a really nice, even, I mean, a really good, well-distributed tone and pacing, and uh, it's got this great atmosphere that it's really weird and quirky, and there hasn't really been too many games that feel the way the Dark World feels in Zelda Link to the Past. Uh, There's so much stuff to like about the game, but again, it is, it's just, I don't know. It's a really good game, but I don't want to play it. It sounds like you're just not emotional. Like you both respect it, but you're not emotionally attached to it. I guess is. I don't know if it's mean. emotional. It's like I mean, really, I stopped playing because I, 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 I of all people, uh, deserve an emotional attachment to the game. I think because deserve. Yeah, because because I sure was waiting for that game. I bought mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo, or I got a Super Nintendo under the impression that. I was going to have Mario, and then I was going to have Zelda, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, Zelda didn't come out. It's like oh, yeah, they, I, re- they... I remember everyone, I don't know if saying, but at least thinking that Zelda 3 was like right behind, here it comes. And it, yeah, it's yeah, like, well, yeah, EGM's like, it's coming, it's coming, it's next, it's going to be out like right after the Super Nintendo guys. So of course, work. remember, it was also, this is because you were a kid, that was like, it mm-hmm. came out in 1992. It like came it out like, like six months after, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like some sort of giant, like, Duke long Nukem way. forever, no. You were a kid. It was like, when it came out, man, we played it. We played it over and over again, me and my neighbor, the neighbor kid. We we went nuts on that game. We went to town on it. And, uh, man, I, I guess I've replayed the beginning of Zelda, Zelda 3 more than I've played probably any segment of a video game. I've replayed the mm. first 20 minutes. Well, it's a great beginning as well. They did a great job with it's, that. It's fantastic. They teach you all the mechanics. There's these little battles that feel super video gamey, where there's like a, 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 a springboard in the middle, like a circular sphere that will bounce you off of it if you mm-hmm. touch it. And you can knock guys into it, and it'll bounce them off of ledges and kill them. It's just There's this sense of weird kind of Atari 2600-ish fun just packed into every 
two-second segment of the game, and it's it's really neat to study as that. But you know, it's it gets to an I get it sort of point where it could have been much more strung together and like more of a more like Landstalker. It could have been like. So I would I feel, put it. I feel like uh, I feel like um, Link's Awakening was a much better game. Yeah, it was more straightforward, more solid, more compact. Like it had more of the I don't know that the sort of adventure game quality we haven't really quite defined, but we all can feel, you know. Yeah. The, and and I feel like like Link's Awakening succeeded much more in that, whereas Zelda Three, it felt it felt bigger, uh, it felt more I, I hate this word, but epic, I guess. Uh, and you know, the, the like it was. At the time, it was state of the art, right? Like I remember looking at that, and you know, it, it, it looks like like we look at a next gen game now, right? It, it, it was, it just it looked like the future at the time to me, anyway. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's all right. It's a pretty good Zelda, I guess. But what does that mean? A pretty it's, good. It's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it might be the best. It's so hard to say what the best Zelda is, but uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's pieces of the best Zelda in that game, but uh, so anyway, where would we put this one? Uh, well, something to point out is that Martin Alessi says, "Yet the game does seem too easy when it's in English." So I don't really <laughs> yeah. know what he means. But, uh, Good job well, on that have, one. He, he must have played the import. I mean, at yeah, that time they so. were. They he must have had a hard, a sort of a hard time with the import. <laughs> must have, I, I don't guess. So uh, I don't really I, know our list right now. I think it's, it's I think it's at least four. What's number four? Number four right now is uh, Final Fantasy VI. It's below I'd that it, probably. Mm, would you put uh, it be- below Final Fantasy VI but above Contra Three? I would. It's above Contra Three for sure. Gosh, there's no doubt about that. I know be, that yeah. it's be- it's definitely below. Uh, it's it's below. It's below well, Chrono Trigger. It's below. It's even. It's even below uh, Contra Three for me. So uh, it's. It's not. But I know it's not going to get there. So I. I would say right above Con- uh, Contra Three. Let's put it there. Yeah, okay that sounds good. Con- well, no, Zelda Three is better than Contra Three. I like. Contra yeah, 3. I think Zelda Three is yeah. better than Contra Three myself. Uh, okay. I mean, there's because just boiling it down to comparing it to the action of Contra Three. There's really good action in the game. Like people underestimate how good the action is in the game. It's really good. Zelda Three is like I don't know if I'd point. It's, this is a ridiculous sort of statement, but I feel like it's one of those games that really early example of like they crafted the hell out of this game. Like they yep. really mm-hmm. worked on it. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was cramped full of detail. I agree. But it's, it's like lot- it's it's too. It's it's a Disney film. You know. It's like. Mm. There's, it, there's there's no there's no fun flaws to it. It's just right. too safe. The the whole appeal of Final Fantasy VI is what Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past is lacking. Yeah. Uh, our next title, Lufia Two: Rise of the Sinistrals. Now I used this when I took a shower this morning, a Lufia pad, and um, I had a really good uh, clean skin. Oh no! Lufa. This game. I'm gonna Lufa hold it up. Break. I'm gonna hold it up to everyone. Everyone has to have this game. Oh, there it is. Lufia right. Two: Rise of the Sinistrals is uh, my number one. No, is it my number one? Number two recommendation for Brandon to play as far as it's video me. games go. Uh, it's a god darn fantastic RPG that yeah. like like Dragon Quest Five, 
mm. uh, has a really tight story that is yeah, about super... people. It's the one of the first games I can remember playing it and feeling like it was a story about people who were like had a, characters that related to each other, like actually yeah. related to each other. They're not just characters in some like epic, like world-saving story. They were not just in like some little. They're not little vignettes here and there. Like it was a story about two characters or three different characters, a love triangle of people who cared about each other and like or you know had varying relationships. It's really like it's good from that perspective. It's but it's also just a really 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 good gameplay driven game. Like the battle yes. system is really boring, which is kind of unfortunate. But the the dungeon exploring is the quite opposite of that. It's fantastic. The battle system is actually sort of okay. It's really fast. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a fine. really fast Dragon Quest where you do have your assistant monsters that you can raise. And then there's that awesome 100-floor-deep uh, random dungeon that you can go in where the battle system actually becomes fun if you play it enough. But yes, the dungeons are amazing. Yeah. They are full of puzzles that are better than the puzzles in any Zelda game. They're just, like, these really great, simple, like, kind of finely tuned puzzles. And they're all, like, block-pushing puzzles or angle the mirrors so light can get into the room puzzles. But they're just, they're just fantastic. They're just, it's just so fun to sit there and play that game that has, like, they're like, we're making an RPG that's got dungeons in it. Let's make the dungeons have puzzles kind of like a Zelda game. And they're like, hmm, well, Zelda games are kind of like this, and they've got this level of polish. And then they're like, oh, I know. Let's make it so you're, you're doing stuff in the dungeons. Like, uh, this is the best way to summarize it is you the, – the first item you get is arrows, right? So you can see the enemies in the dungeons approaching you. Every time you take a step, they take a step. Sort of mysterious dungeon-like. And this is happening while you're yeah. solving puzzles. And you can like hold the R button to then rotate in place without moving. And then you can shoot an arrow at an enemy if you have a clear line of sight. And then you can pause him so that you can then move three steps without the enemy moving. And you can avoid most battles in the game by doing this thing that actually feels more fun than a battle. And it's, it never becomes an action game, which was a big complaint back in the day that it came out. There were a lot of Japanese players who were like, I don't want to play a game that has action. I want to, I want <laughs> to relax and play a game. Yeah, that was the funny thing if you look. That's sort of a side note, but yeah, that, you can see that going again and again in, in JRPGs, like series, like taking out action and stuff, like because that's what players don't want in Japan. But um, of course, Final in America, Fantasy I guess, Ten being a really good example, they took the real time elements out of the battle system, but made yeah, it Wild better. Arms, uh, Wild Arms four to five is a is a good obscure example where there's a lot of action four, and they they removed it all from five because the the players didn't want it. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, Luffy 2, I don't have enough good things to say about it. Anything I'd say negative about it is essentially a nitpick, and it's, like, the, like my copy of Luffy 2, I have two copies of it because I had to get to try to get the box and the manual from separate copies. Like, I'm holding it up, if you can, on the stream. Like, it's broken open, and the reason it's broken open is because, like, it has, it's really buggy, and I couldn't start a new game because the game kept resetting itself. So I had this idea that if oh, I opened yeah. up the cartridge, I could take the battery out and wipe the game. But the battery is actually soldered in. But by wiggling the battery, I got the game data to erase, and I got to start the game over. That's the level of, like, I wanted to play this game this, having that's played a, it once already. That's a really good solution. I'm kind of proud of young Christian. <laughs> Not that young. I was probably about 20. Uh, that, that game is... Uh, 21. 
That game is so good. It is so good. Uh, but yes, there are some there are some horrendous bugs in the game. Lots of yeah. battery wiggling one, in it. One of which, uh, the very first time I ever played through it, in the first dungeon, I got the game to freeze, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, after it unfroze miraculously, my character just leveled up, so like level 60, like because, <laughs> because it registered too many experience points, and then the game was like super too easy. So I actually started over. So that's oh game. man, that's, that's how proud you should be of young me, Frank. Yeah, I I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of that. Like I even now I wouldn't do that. I was like, man, this this sucks. I don't want to play. I don't want this game to be easy. It's too good. And then once. You like there's this fun. Your character's a monster hunter, and he hunts monsters for money in a town. And you do little fun, heroic fairy tale do-gooder stuff for the first couple hours with these little tiny anecdotes. And then you realize that, you know, your adventuring partner, this girl Tia, is like, you you start to go, oh, she's actually the main character's girlfriend. They're like, actually realize that, and then. Uh, until you know, or at least I did, and and then it's like, wait a minute, this game's kind of about human people having a human relationship, yep, and it's that's the, it's yeah. really it's really comic booky, and it's really simply presented, but it's just so clean and so straightforward once it gets to the point that it's so honest and endearing. After I don't know, I think we're I still really having, love it. We're still having trouble with uh, with with realistic human relationships being presented in, in some of these games <laughs> that are being made these days, so I don't know if you want to diminish yeah. it too much. Um, I mean, you're right, it's not exactly literature, but at the same time, it's it's not exactly something you can just, just uh, discount as like, oh, but it's, it's a team game. You know, it's, it's, it's so good, and uh, right now, today, I want to be sort of a jerk compared to my older tastes, and I want to put it right Below Dragon Quest V is where I would put it, and above Final Fantasy VI, and above oh, Final Fantasy VI. I would definitely I would, put above Final Fantasy VI. I want to say Lufia II is better than any Final Fantasy game has ever been. Whoa. From what I know about it, that's uh, that's where I'd put it. Also, okay, I'd recommend uh, it to you as well, Frank. Uh, yeah, uh, you have, in fact. Yeah, I have. Uh, rec- I would recommend it again. Our, our next second emotion. Our, our next game is one I know you guys have been looking forward to talking about, Mega Man X. Oh, oh my gosh. Mega Manks. Mega Manks. Oh, such a video game. Yeah, right, it's, can uh, I do this? Can I get these both on there? Yes. I feel like, I feel like Mega Manks is uh, the only Mega Man that I ever uh, care to even think about beyond uh, 2 and 3, which is yeah. kind of remarkable. Um, yeah. It's... It's maybe the only, well, not only, but maybe the only third-party, like, successful NES to Super NES transition, I think. Um, because they didn't, it, it, it's, it's it, like, they, they made it big enough in all the right ways where it felt, um, you know, new and exciting and 16-bitty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it was very much a 16-bit game. You look at that game and you're like, yeah, there's 16 bits here. You know, like, yeah, they He's got 16. Yeah, like his shading is like that's 16 yeah. bit shading. This is a 16 bit Mega Man, and like it differentiated itself enough. Like 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 Mega Man Seven also came out on the Super Nintendo. It was not nearly as good. And no. I think that's because it was like trying to be Mega Man, whereas this one was like, yeah, it's a cool action game that's Mega Man-y, but it's not. You know, we're not trying to stick to any. Uh, Mega Man. Well, they, you know, besides the the backbone of Mega Man, right? Like, I don't know. This this to me was like the true sequel to Mega Man two and three, and then yeah. the series just 
And so what you're that. saying is they made all the transitions, not just a couple of them, like a couple of other yeah. guys did. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They they transited to uh, better graphics, higher quality sound, but also a different theme, uh, but also kind of advancing the cartoon aesthetic. And uh, it, it just, I mean, I, I like the game a whole lot. It's yeah. One of, my, one of my favorites. I think it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite games, period. I think that, like, that game is in itself kind of just perfect. Like, there's really nothing wrong with it. I, but I in, the, in, the, say. in the good, not in the Zelda way, though. Yeah, Both. like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean, what I essentially like, it's got everything it needs, and it is perfectly structured, paced. Like, it. I, I just don't like another thing. If if you want to Google this, like, Ego Raptor writes a there's a YouTube video that's worth watching about this game because it kind of explains one of the reasons, some of the reasons it's good. Um, it's like it's a game that I would hold up to people and say, like, if you want to make video games, like you should play this game. You know what I mean? Like it is that good. It is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Really good level design. Really good little situational sort of set PC level design that they never bothered with in something like Mega Man because you know they were on the NES and they had black backgrounds and it had, it had some really good secrets too. Yeah, yeah, it's really very secret oriented, and like they hide all the power ups, so you need to find them, and it's really well Armor done. And there's like and all that, and I, like this is the game that like you know they just finished the Mighty Number no. Nine Kickstarter, and like I am praying that like with that game, when that game they're going to consider making that game like as good of a foundation for that franchise as this was could have been. I mean, as we yeah. know, like this is like sort of the apex of what they did with Mega Man, you know. But you know what I'm saying, like. The, if that game is not as good as Mega Man X, it's going to be. Uh, I might go far so far as a failure. I guess you know like I mean? after Mega Man X, I didn't long for more Mega Man. Like I'm like, okay, cool, I'm satisfied. But if uh, Mighty Number no. Nine can like be the sequel to Mega Man X that Mega Man X was to two and three, then uh, you might be going somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all we've heard many times that KG Inafune loves Mega Man X, and he speaks yeah. very fondly of it very often. So. I think he knows what's up. When they did that Mega Man powered up on the PSP and then the Mega Man Maverick Hunter also on the PSP, uh, that he was talking. He did some really good interviews in Famitsu where he was talking about how the art of level design had evolved between Mega Man 1 and Mega Man X. And how mm-hmm. he those two games as kind of bookends of like action game level design. So I thought that was a neat, interesting thing. But I think what... I w- Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, my final thought on Mega Man X is, to be perfectly honest, I don't like the music at all. Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I, just, I just don't like it. Oh, the I music. think it's really Great. generic and plain mm-hmm. to me. It's just not as catchy as the any of the Mega Man well, music. Well, the me. NES Mega Man music has a special place. I was just going to say, like, I think what really exemplifies like what's good about this game is it's not just, like I said, it's perfect that it has everything it needs. It doesn't have anything it doesn't need. I think that's, that's more to the thing. point. Yeah, uh, I like that you can actually beat the whole game without any of the power-ups if you're like a super pro, just like in any mm-hmm. Mega Man game. I like mm-hmm. the dash move as well. It kind of sounds really cool. Kind of sounds to me like uh, the. It sounds to me like the fact that I did not play this game is uh, is why I didn't bo- uh, back Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh, uh, that, <laughs> might, that might be yeah. it. Could be. Yeah. I think that's actually probably the differentiating factor for me too. But like, and I wouldn't have thought it that way if you didn't put it that way. So Where yeah, let's, let's put it somewhere on the list. Mm. Well, you know, Ed Samrat did have one complaint, 
Yeah. Uh, in his review for EGM, he says the game goes by too quickly, and I don't care for having to play that one level first either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, he just he wanted to he wanted to pick his level order. Yeah, he he didn't want to play through that one level. Poor guy. I, let's feel really sad about how sad he was. So where where do we want to put this? Uh, uh, I think it's. Man, it's the best non-RPG, definitely. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, no, so far it is. it is. It is good as a not an RPG game. Would you count a Link to the Past as an RPG? No, no. it's better than a Link to the Past. Link to the uh, Past so, is yes. an, an action adventure game. Would you yeah. say better than Link to the Past uh, and uh, below Final Fantasy VI or above no. Final Fantasy VI? Above Final Fantasy VI. Uh, above above Lufia. I don't want to put it above Lufia, to be honest. I'm All good right. with below Lufia. Let's like, put Lufia it between sounds... Lufia and Final Fantasy. Yeah, between Hell and that's, that's hard. Those are like two of my. Those are like. I think we just covered my two favorite SNES games, maybe. So it's hard. Well, to you can it. go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bye. Good night. <laughs> Our next game, Metal Warriors. Metal Warriors is god darn fantastic. Oh, isn't really? it? God, I've never played so it. Good. It's so oh good. my god! If you like Mega Man X, you're gonna love Metal Warriors. Maybe. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, Back of the box quote right there. Yeah. It's it's uh, not by the team that brought you Assault Suits Falcon, but it is similar to Assault Suits Falcon, which was released in the U.S. by Konami under the name Cybernator, and then Cybernator, Konami right. made Metal Warriors with Lucas Arts. Oh. Uh, and oh my God! It's also like worth $150 and more, $300 with a box on eBay. Jesus Christ! Yep. Okay, that's, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a very expensive game. Yeah. I will rob is, the hell out of that, I guess. It is curiously a pseudo Cybernator sequel, which is weird because Cybernator wasn't really like a game that anybody really went on record as liking back when it was released. Uh, it's it's like I don't understand the marketing move for it, but it's a neat game. With uh, yeah. really fantastically impressive inventive level design, where you're in a giant robot, right? And the giant robot's about this big on the screen, and then you can get out of the robot and be this little tiny guy. And uh, by pressing the select button, you will eject, and you can now fly around on a little jetpack. And there are parts where you got to get out of the robot and then go into like the hallway of a of a spaceship and run down there and get to the bridge and shoot the captain. Yeah. Go to the thing and take over the ship, and now you're piloting a giant ship in space, and it's just really cinematic and really snappy and really fast. And really, and like I'm, I'm kind of probably taking this word from you for for that you've used for other reasons, but it's it's a really crunchy game to me. It like, sure it, is. Oh, it's it, so much crunch. It's just like 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 I just feel like I'm just walking around like I feel like a mech, right? I feel like yeah. I'm moving around kind of slow, but just I'm able to just destroy whatever I want. Yeah, you are in these big, dumb, chunky, mechanized robot warriors that are Japanese anime-style robot warriors, and you're just kind of you're, you're holding up a shield to deflect an enemy attack, and you're melee attacking a dude, and you're shooting another dude, and you get out of the robot and like get into another robot that has different abilities, and there's like the Prometheus tank robot that fires these giant ion cannon blasts, and there's these cutscenes between levels that uh sort of advance this this nonsensical Call of Duty in space-ish plot, and it's just like, it's really, really neat. It's like a fantastically neat game. And uh, I'm now realizing that Metal Combat didn't make the list, where Metal Combat is definitely one of the three best Super Nintendo games ever made, and I'm terrified that our listeners uh, did. No, Metal Combat just barely missed it. 
Oh, uh, we're going to have to kill everybody. <laughs> that didn't vote for it. That didn't vote for it, which is a lot of people. In the, it's time to start murdering. So, but, uh, so this is not as good as Mega Man X. I, I guess not. I personally have It's a, also uh, like an I guess not for me. Like, I love this game. Uh, and it even has that two-player split-screen mode where you're just murdering dudes. Uh, oh, I didn't, I've never where, played that mode. Oh, oh man, you, you're missing out because it's, it's a really neat sort of thing where you're just trying to kill the other guy and it's kind of esports when you get I think this right is like to, to me like when I think Super Nintendo for some reason I think this game like like I, I visualize this game when I visualize Super Nintendo it's just the most Super Nintendo game on there I think oh for me that's uh, Mega Man X but yeah, yeah but it's the same sort of thing where it's just like man this is so 16 bit like this it is, is very, very 16-bit. Very 16-bit game, whatever whatever that means in my dumb brain. So yeah. is, that, is that below Mega Man X but above Final Fantasy VI? Yeah, I don't... It, I, I want to put it above Final Fantasy... No, do I? Man, I, I, wanna, I want to... Yeah, I kind of want to put Final Fantasy VI above it, but let's not do that. All let's right. put it above Final Fantasy VI All for right. now. And then I can I, let's have a gut check at the end, though. Any of you guys want to weigh in on that? Do you care? I've never even played it, so I. Have I no... I think uh, if you like Mega Man X, I think you'd like it. Uh, and Brandon, I think you would actually like this one a lot because it has it has that tenuous, uh, almost PC engine weirdness to it. Yeah, it, it sounds yeah. it sounds like a combination of two games I like: Zaxxon, Mother Base 2000, and uh, and uh, that other game, which whose name I'm blanking on, which is a Genesis game. The end. Have you played Assault Suits Falcon? Do you like that one? Yeah, I like that one, but that would, yeah. that's pretty straightforward. That game. Tim. Yeah, yeah. This one is very much like that. What? Our next game is a secret. Would you like to guess which secret it is? Uh, is it of Evermore? Is it uh, wait, we, We've gone all the way from M to S. Yes, we sure did. Uh, if it's not Secret gonna... of Evermore, if it is not Secret of Evermore, I am going to scream. I'm well, going to take my headphones off. Turn down my volume down, right way down. Get, get them pipes ready, Tim, because it's of mana. Are you serious? Yes, I'm 100% serious. Okay. Um, Evermore was pretty high, but it did not make the list. Uh... The Secret of Evermore is one of the ten best video games that has ever been made. And Secret of Mana is trash. <laughs> With really good music. It is, it is a trash party game for boring people. With really great music. That's what it is. That's all there is to it. Secret of Evermore is a fantastically inventive inve adventure with fantastic music and a really, really amazing level of atmosphere and a neat battle system that ties together point and clicks and graphic adventures and all that stuff, uh, in, and plus Japanese RPGs. And it's made right here in the god darn United States of America. Yeah. That was why I didn't play it, and I, I regret that. I need to play it. But I think I'd crossed the Weeaboo uh, absolute line by the time this game came out, so it was it was a problem for me. I played it, and I was like, yeah. I read I'm it, cool. and I, I was surprisingly cool-defied by it, but then I returned it and never played it more. You know? The Desu Threshold. Yes. I felt so cool playing Secret of Evermore. I felt super cool. There was that, Ro that Roman Colosseum world. Man. 
Anyway, uh, Secret of Mana, I guess, is pretty good. But, <laughs> but it's it's so much a stupid arcade beat 'em up kind of game, you know? Where it's just like, yeah, ooh, I'm having fun. Ugh, is what it's like. It, I mean, past a certain point, there's just no systematic funness in the game. I agree with you. Like, like it, I, I rented this one myself. Uh, back in the, and I, I didn't rent very many in those days because, uh, well, for complicated parent divorce reasons, I won't get into unless you guys want me to cry right on the podcast. But well, we, uh, can, we can do that later. We we can do that on a, on a future podcast. Yes, uh, we should do a podcast <laughs> where everybody cries. Uh, um, I'm up for I think that. that'll be a po- I think that'll be a popular episode. But I did rent this, and I remember thinking like, man, the graphics are pretty, and the music's really nice, and I'm so bored. <laughs> like yeah, it's just it With just felt a, like a game where I was just running around hitting stuff. I'm I'm gonna weigh in on this one too, actually, because believe it or not, I played this one a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's it's boring to me. I liked the music, but I first of all, I did I felt that the combat was not tight enough. It was very loose mm-hmm. and floppy. Yeah, also, it felt like I was hitting a button and just telling it to fight stuff, and it was like okay. was, the level design was really sloppy and didn't do much of anything for me. It was very meandering and uh, and double backy and and just not. It didn't it didn't lead you through with set with like some kind of a set design like like some of these other games do. And I I just uh, not a fan of this game. It just had kind of this trashy sort of throwaway story that's just like a couple of anime tropes kind of dropped in a metal trash can and shook around a little bit. And it's like, yeah, there you go. That's your story. Just, you know, you know, smoke another cigarette and let's just publish this thing. And it's like cool graphic design, cool world design, but man, just thinking about the combat just really makes me mad. Cause it's but like, you know, as, as Ed Semrad points out, uh, I really loved the dragon scenes, especially when the fortress is flying. That oh, guy sure. should Ed Semrad should go Ed Sem die. Uh, <laughs> but uh like so Bing, I didn't whoa. like in the in the combat, like you you're like fighting an enemy and then the enemy's like winding up an attack, right? And then you start to move away from him, and then the enemy just does his little limp, you know, scratching <laughs> attack, and you're like ten feet away and you take damage and you you're asleep. It's like, why present me the the metaphor and the the visual frame of an action game and not be an action game at all? Like, it's the it's kind of this RPG that doesn't really connect. Now, Secret of Evermore, I will admit, does a couple similar things, but it's tighter. It feels more like an action game, and it feels more like an an RPG with the the way you're kind of putting together your magic spells and there's puzzles in the dungeons and uh, atmosphere where secret of mana is just here you go let's now we're going to an ice temple and we're going to fight ice monsters and your friends can play too you know and it, it does have those charge up attacks i love those surely it's better than kirby superstar and it's better than Donkey Kong Country 2 as well, yep. I would say. Okay. So you know we'll why it's better it. than Donkey Kong Country 2? Fantastic music. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, but um, it's not as good music. as F-Zero. Mm. I like it better than F-Zero. I'd put it over F-Zero. Sure. Yeah, me too. Okay. Over F-Zero, below Contra 3. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. final answer. Are we done, Christian Nutt? Did you want to say Yeah, I, I don't have much to say. All I can think of is things to nitpick that you didn't mention, and I think we probably got enough of that in, out in the open. Yeah. 
En- enough uh, slamming Secret of Mana. Let's get into the heady waters of games that begin with the word super. Oh, yeah, baby. I knew we were going to be there for a while. Oh, right. baby. I forgot all about this part. We begin yeah. with Super Castlevania 4. Pretty Which, good game. You know, the, the stream cut out a little bit, and it sounded like you said Cattlevania, and I'd rather Cattlevania. play... <laughs> I'd play Cattlevania. Super a... Castlevania 4, amazing box art. Amazing. Yeah, Are you liking it? Are you liking it? It's right here. Yeah. That game, good. that game gets a big shrug from me because it was, it it feels very much like a Castlevania that was rushed for launch, which I think is what it was. You know, yeah. you are the only person besides me I've ever heard say that. Like I uh, so you agree wanna, with you. Uh, Frank, do you want to hear a third person say that? Yes, please so, uh, <laughs> say it. I feel like it. it is a Castlevania that is very much rushed out for launch. Um, oh man. And also, guys, let's hang out after this. This is good. <laughs> we should be friends. Guys, Why not? Guys, I've never played Super Castlevania 4, but can I say that too? No. Yeah, no. do it. Have you seen a video of it? You're qualified. Yeah, I've seen videos of it. <laughs> so I've, there's... I've, I've seen the speed run. Uh, My yeah, favorite yeah, thing rushed. about Castlevania 4. Okay. <laughs> Tim, My the favorite speed run of, Tim, the speed run of Super Castlevania 4 felt a little rushed to me. There you go. Oh, nice. Man. Excellent my, work. My favorite thing about Castlevania 4, this is totally, has nothing, this is a terrible thing to bring up, but like, um, if you go on archive.org, there's a collection of uh, videos from some company that did like in-store reels of videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the preview of Super Castlevania 4 was done with like an early version of the game. It was incomplete, and like I don't think there were any enemies or anything in it. And it's like the guy's trying his best to narrate, and he's like, "And then you go in a room, and then across a bridge." Yeah, I've seen that. He's like, "Walk through a room." (laughs) He actually says like that. It's so so funny. You know, uh, we're not really talking much about the game. (laughs) I I, want to talk about the game. I want to say something about the game. Okay, here's bridge in a room. Here is Castlevania Four. Legacy in Castlevania 4. Okay, I wanted to mention Secret of Mana. You hold a button down to charge an attack. That's cool. Super Nintendo had a lot of games where you hold buttons down, and I love holding down a button. Um, Castlevania 4, when you hold down the attack button, you'll whip, and then you hold the whip limp, and then you can use yeah. the the D-pad to kind of flick it in various directions. Was that ever kind of... useful ever in the game? No. no. It was never no. useful. You can just no. limply flick it around, and it looks really dumb, but it looks kind of physics-y, and physics were cool. Physics were just yep. starting to become cool in 1991. And then you get to and that one uh, level where it's like, hey, look, Mode 7's built into this console. Yeah, yeah. So here it is, I guess. So so here's what I want to say about the legacy of, of Castlevania 4. Um, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, Draculex Rondo of Blood on the PC Engine Duo, was an amazing game, right? Yeah. And then there right. was Dracula X2, uh, also known as Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, starts out with the ending of Rondo of Blood, where you're going up the stairs to fight Dracula. Which, but by the way, they stole from uh, Wonder Boy 3, but go on. Yeah, but instead of the excellent whip physics and mechanics of Castlevania Rondo of Blood, they they started to veer the game more toward the noob friendliness of Castlevania 4. So instead of your really snappy whip where you press the button and you're committed to that whip, instead of the fantastic uh, uh, sticky super moves you have in Rondo of Blood, they just went ahead and put that stupid, limp, flicky whip from Castlevania 4 in there. And I don't understand why they did that. It's one of the most uh, impotent mechanics uh, ever flopped into a video game. 
And it's like, there it is. It's like, yeah, here it is. You can do this. You know, I know you, we know you want to swing around on a whip like Indiana Jones did in one scene of one Indiana Jones movie, but, uh, you know, we're just going to make it like this. Uh, sorry. Well, you know, you can, in I fact, would... swing on a whip in Castlevania 4. You do. <laughs> in a very yeah. couple of those, yeah. And, right. and there's ne- there's, it's never fun. It's just like, here's the part where you're supposed to press the button to swing. Yeah, I, I mean, say, I think okay, you did it. Good job. You're being a little bit harsh on this game. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah, a I don't like fan. this game. Um, yeah, LBH. Why the heck not? A little bit harsh. Hey, so, yeah, I, I have a thing to say. I, I think I'm Let's too lagged it. to actually interject properly. But, um, yeah, the, so I would sum up this game with two things. One is that whip thing, which I was going to bring up, at, because, you know, having having one frame of whip damage behind you uh, as or after you whip like in in some of the other games is way infinitely more interesting than just being able to waggle it around. The other yep. thing that I think really kind of sells it is is that or brings home how just f- flopped out this one was is when you walk upstairs it's super slow and it's all you can do and that is like you know, it's just let's take the NES game and we'll put slightly better graphics on it. That's that's that's, that's really all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's um, not not even better graphics. Not even like objectively no. better. It's just like the guy's yeah. taller. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, kind of darker and uh, muddier. Anyway, I would. Mm, put this, uh, that's a bit much. It's a, it's I got would, some really nice atmosphere in certain parts. It it does. Uh, there's. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's still better than a lot of other video games than a vast majority of video games. It's a sure. really it's a nice action game. It's a fine game, yeah. What about not, the video games on this list? Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's definitely under Contra 3. Yep. Uh, do we want to yeah. say it's better than anything else under Contra 3? What are right our Under Contra 3 is Secret of Mana, so yeah. I would put it over Secret of Mana. I'm sorry. All right. Or would I? I well, what do you put I it over Donkey Kong Country 2? Which is no, I, I, I would put it... Let's put it under Donkey Kong Country 2. Let's do it. Under yeah. Donkey Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country 2 has those yeah, goddamn parrot... Think... It has those parrot or B levels in it. Uh, all right. I think Castlevania 4 was a game of its time, and that time was 1991. Yeah, well, even, even then it wasn't of its time. It was just... It was still not... You know, it was still crapped out. All right. Yeah, I don't know, was, we thought it was good. It, it was a long, <laughs> slow, stringy steamer. Is what it was. Our next game is our second racing game, Super Mario Kart. Super Mario oh. Kart is uh, mm. better than F Zero. Yep. Uh, it's basically is F Zero, but better. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're really going to say interesting things about Super Mario Kart that haven't been said before. So let's get on that. Do let's, it. Let's, it's time to do it. I have no. Let's be quick. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, it's a good game. It's uh, a really good multiplayer game, and it's a, it's, it's a really good prototype of what the series became. Yeah, it's certainly an IP launch that like rocked the world of Nintendo, if not games in general. That's one However, of those things you can rarely point to and go like, look, there it is. This game fucking you know did that. Yep. Yeah, they they really hit it out of the park. However, is it uh. I mean, is it essentially a Super Nintendo game? Is it like, didn't did they not make it better? Did it get better over the franchise? Because I think oh, the yeah. DS one was yeah. really good. 
I feel uh, like it's definitely they're... it's been transcended definitely past. Oh, yeah, no, the 3DS one is quite good actually. I don't know. Yeah. I'm probably the only one and, here. Uh, I've played. Uh, I mean, Christian good. Nut. I just I bought a three uh, a Nintendo Wii U yesterday mm-hmm. because the Zelda's out, right? The goddamn Zelda's out. That Mario comes out a month from now. And that Mario is one of the best video games I've honestly ever played. That Mario 3D World. I'm not even gonna joke about it. Uh, and I played that Mario Kart at E3, and I'm like, I'm ready to buy this Mario Kart. I'll, why yeah. the heck not? I'll have that in my house, right? Now, so, Mario Kart 7 is very good, and, and that's kind oh, of... Yeah. yeah, I played that at Gamescom as well, the new one. it's Mario Kart, the original SNES Mario Kart is like... It's sort of like a dreaming... Like, a dream of what was to come or something. But it, it, that said, it was actually very well executed and fun. Battle mode was really fun to play with people. Also, battle mode was a revelation. Too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a, such a new thing, uh, to a point where Twisted Metal kind of got its whole thing from that. It's like let's just make a battle mode only race. Let's make a battle racing game. I mean, uh, this is kind of one of the earliest like fighting games. It wasn't a fighting game, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some esports there in yeah. Mario Kart. There's there's definitely some esports in it. And it's it like we, we're all agreeing that it's a good prototype of that. But like, do any of us want to go back to the Super Nintendo Mario Kart? No, I don't. No, no. no. I uh, I actually recently tried doing that, and uh, you will find yourself not particularly enthused by that experience. The levels, yeah, yeah. it's it's piddly. It's a piddly game. No offense. And guess what? You can also play some of the better levels in the, uh, you know, in the 3DS one because they have classic levels, and, and that will that will yep. be better than actually playing the SNES one. But where still, do we put I, it? I, where do we want to put this one? Fundamentally, it would hurt me to not put it above F Zero though. Yeah, of what it represents. Mm-hmm. It's a better game than F Zero. Yeah. Okay. Above F Zero, below Secret of Mana. And I remember it being used yeah. on the Genesis does what Nintendo commercials to illustrate how much radder uh, Sega was than Nintendo. They've got Sonic running on a on a TV that's in the license plate position on a sports car, and then they've got yeah. Super Mario Kart on the license plate of a crappy, beat-up old hot rod that's just kind of chugging down the street. But it's really sad because that game was really cool. Mm. Yeah. All right. Our our next game is a fan favorite, uh, Super oh. Mar- Super Mario RPG: Legend oh. of the Seven Stars. Oh, uh-huh. baby! I actually like this game so much. Me too. And I have never talked in public about this game. I don't think. No, uh, I just talk about it. What a what a big weird delicious buffet salad of a video game. You know, <laughs> it's just. There's so much weird little stuff and weird little charming characters, and I mean, it's a real good, uh, you know, it's it's like the the TV show Adventure Time. It's uh, you know, I don't, I've never talked about that in public either. I like that show. Uh, it's it's like that, you know. It's just this weird, quirky, unquestionably friendly game with some neat little stuff, and I like that it is very Landstalker inspired, right down to its visual interface. Uh, uh, I love Landstalker. It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, but I love the weird isometric uh, perspective. Stuff can be hidden. It solves the control problems of Landstalker. Uh, but it's not I, an action game, so it's, it's kind of it's, not entirely fair to say that, is it? It's not an action game, but there's action elements. Uh, you avoid enemies, and also you yeah. can jump on top of enemies and uh, do a timing attack to increase your damage bonus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would go ahead and say that it's it is essentially a Super Nintendo game because they've never tried to make 
uh, like a real sequel to it. They've done the Paper oh. Mario's and they've done the Mario and Luigi's, but those are each, and this is actually a joyful thing. They are they are their own thing. They they yeah. are they are not yeah, uh, attempting to be the same type of game, and they're all pretty cool for what they are. I thought Super Paper Mario was terrible, but we won't get into that. Um, they're they're all. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a neat, really neat game that is still worth going back to. But I would put it below all these other RPGs, but above Secret of Mana is where I would put it. Okay, uh, that it's would be. De- it's delightful. It has that square, that mid 1990s square soft polish to it. It's it, it's all there. I'm more. Than... I'm way more likely to play it right now than Secret of Mana. Is it better than yeah. Time for Three? Oh man. It, I don't want God. it to be. I don't want to vote for that. I don't. Know I vote. Why. I vote that it's not as good as. Contra 3. Okay. What, about, what about you, Christian? Not... I played it at the time and then stopped playing it, and I haven't even ever considered going back to it, and at the time being, what, like 1996 or something? Five? Right. Yeah. So there you go. That's my vote. Okay. <laughs> it's a delightful bowl of cereal of a video game. It's like a big bowl of Captain Crunch. Actually, sometimes but... I think I do want to go back to it, but it also is yet another game that had pre-rendered graphics in the 16-bit time, so it looks like a horrible mm-hmm. JPEG from hell. Which it looks way better than any of the Donkey Kong Country games. It's way more artistically confident. Like it's mm-hmm. it's more of a simplistic. They're not going for that weird, impossible hyperrealism that Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Is All right. I see your point. Uh, those those of you keeping score at home will undoubtedly be able to guess our next game, Super Mario World. Mm. Wait, where where did we put Super Mario RPG? Let's we put it above time. Secret of Mana but below Contra Three. Okay, that's good. Uh, Super Mario World. Yeah, Super Mario yeah, it's, World. A, it's a fine game. Super Mario World is my one of my favorite games ever. I'm, Super yeah. Mario World it. is. It's not a popular opinion, I guess, because a lot of people think Super Mario Bros. Three is better. There's a lot of debates about to be having about what the best Super Mario game is, Super, but I yeah. love this game to bits. Super Mario World is one of the best video games ever made. One yeah. of the best holistically designed video games ever made. It's a and, toy box uh, of fun. There's so much stuff in there. It's uh, it's a huge toy box, and I love Super Mario Brothers three about a billion times more than Super Mario World. But I'm still willing to admit that Super Mario World is just like balls to walls one of the best video games ever made. Um, there's so much stuff in it, like so many piles of stuff. There is a a giant cauldron of Campbell's chunky soup worth of stuff in that game. It's a big old minestrone cauldron of a video game. I'm really hungry for minestrone. Soup, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it's got the best control of a, of a 2D Mario game, which I guess that's, is a long, hard conversation to have. But that would That's be not mine. 100% true, but I, I know where you're coming from. I, yeah. I know where it's you're, the I, most I, pixel perfecty. Like you can put Mario exactly where you want him, which I guess you know you might argue is maybe not. Yeah, they, the, they reduced, anyway, it's a, it's a big conversation, but it's it's very, very good. They reduced the halt grinding in the game, and uh, yeah. they they added a, a made it a lot more finessey, which is neat. Um, but yeah, tactilely, it it definitely is a much yeah. more user friendly Mario, and it's like a much more pop culture friendly Mario because it's just easy to it's really easy to get into yeah. and get around in. I have so much reverence for this game, more so than most Jewish holidays. Uh, this game is uh, particularly because I was too young for the regular one, although it was maybe the first video game I had ever played on a console when it was on the Super Nintendo. Uh, when it was ported to the Game Boy Advance, that was 
my entire life. That was what I played for like a year. It was uh, your favorite year. Jewish holiday with Super Mario. Yes, World. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I actually I I wanted the even though I played the Super Nintendo one like literally a million times or whatever. I well I just did that thing where you misuse literally. Now you can kill. Wow, me. I am. Um, yeah. So uh, sorry, right everyone. Now. I've let down. I've let down the side. Uh, anyway, no. What I was gonna say is like John Riccardi was coming. He'd moved to Japan. The GBA was out. The U.S. version wasn't gonna come out for a while, and I knew I was gonna see him. So I actually went to the trouble to force John Riccardi to hand deliver a copy of Super Mario World to me from Japan because I needed to play it on the GBA that badly, which is That's kind amazing. of perverse. Yeah, that is how much I like this game. So uh, I, I like want to point out an interesting. Uh, an interesting thing that we've been learning these last couple of days, and, and even Hello? now. Yeah, can you hear me, Tim? Am I dead? No, you're not dead, Tim. Tim, you're fine. You're good? Okay. Um, what I want to point out is that uh, EGM, we've kind of discovered, um, did not review first-party Nintendo games. They didn't review Super Mario Kart. They didn't really? review Super Mario RPG. I'm looking. They did not review Super Mario World. Which they is funny because they gave it a cover. I remember because I bought that issue and read it. They did very, give I distinctly it a cover. Remember that. It yeah. is the uh, the. It's a screenshot. The cover. Right. The October 1991 cover, which I'm now holding in front of you. Uh, that is uh, tips for Super Mario 4. Now oh, there's also a, I think there's a Super cover Mario from the because they did a I know there's a two-page spread of the map screenshot of the Japanese version before it right. even came out. But, a... like, review-wise, they shunned Nintendo just about, just about every first-party game uh, because Nintendo did not uh, support third-party magazines because they had Nintendo power. They wouldn't send review code. Uh, they wouldn't, you know, advertise. So magazines just kind of shunned them, and I find that really interesting. But yeah, anyway... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I love this time. game so much. I don't know what to say. Let's, yeah, it's... Let's, let's rank this guy. What are the top three right now? The top three are Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest V. I, I, Tim What's number four? <laughs> number four is Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. I want to um, put it in the three to five range. I going. sort of want to put it in the three to five. Sort of. But, uh, man, so four. It's, it's difficult because those top three are these fantastic oh, yeah, it's, games it's that that you can still sort of recommend to people. I don't know. I think, so we've got, uh, what is the order? Earthbound, Chrono Trigger? Earthbound, Chrono, Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest V, and then Lufia 2. Mm. It's so um, hard for, to put Definitely it. at least, like, like uh, at best, number three. Like, I wouldn't put it above the first two. Man, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't put it above the first. I would want to put it at number three. I, think. I yeah, I have a really hard so, time like ranking it against Lufia too, but I think that's where I, I mean I, I didn't man. finish Dragon Quest V, so I can't feel confident about what to say about yeah. that. Yeah, it's but. really easy to go back and play Super Mario World now, even with yeah. the existence of new Mario's, even with Super Mario 3D Land. Oh, yeah. even with I Super think Mario anybody Galaxy who would buy on the Wii U, for example, like Virtual Console, would just go, "Oh, I am having a great time now." You know what yeah, I mean? It's, like, it's, yeah, it's it is easily. Uh, a game you can go back to and play over and over again. It it's is a game that I would start playing right now if I turned it on. As uh, much as I love this game, it is so hard to put it above Dragon Quest V, but I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's it's easier to get somebody to play this game, and it's easier to get mm -hmm. myself to start playing it, whereas Dragon Quest V is something I might go back and play two more times in my life. Uh, you also mentioned that the Dragon Quest V on the SNES is not as good as the... <laughs> 
not as good as the DS, DS re-release. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, not necessarily that that affects it, but it just might affect your memories of what drive like the concept of Dragon Quest V. So, so think about I that. I get asked very very often because I have written several reviews and articles about uh, Super Mario Brothers Three, saying that I think it's the best game that's ever been made, and uh, there's. Like, I get a lot of people asking, well, do you are you saying you hate Super Mario World? And it's like, no, I don't hate Super Mario World, but Super Mario Brothers 3 is a million times better for me. But it's just, it's like picking between Chicago-style pizza and New York-style pizza, or picking between, yeah. they're, they're different genres of food. They, they both have the word pizza in the name, but they're God, not the same. God, it's 8 o'clock, and we're all very hungry. As well. Yeah, I know. They're, they're not <laughs> the same thing. Right, so Super Mario Brothers three and Super Mario World are not the same thing. Super Mario three is like this weird thing that you're supposed to play multiple times, and you're supposed to have a different fun time every time you play it. Whereas Super Mario World is a toy box. It's a puzzle you're putting together. It's yeah. you know the the Lego fortress kind of sitting on the in the in the floor of your parents' basement that you're just going to keep going back to and tooling around with. It's it's a bigger experience, and it's just this this fun thing to hang out with it's a more of a hangout whereas mario 3 is more of a more of a sport you're going to sit down and uh, you know sharpen your skills at it whereas mario world is just let's see what i can find today sort of game and that's why i think mario 3 is better but mario world is still fantastic game that i keep planning to write a really long review of someday and someday I'll what a- what I like about Super Mario World is that it kind of goes back to that feeling you had in Super Mario 1, which is, like, there are secrets everywhere here. Like, yeah, they, they just they blow the in doors fact, off of that. They've never done a better job. They've, they've been trying to do secrets, and there's some good secrets in recent games, but they've never quite done quite a good job of communicating it with, like, yellow versus red dots on the map, and yep. the exits with the keys versus you get an... Like, it's a flat... It's a goal pole or a key, you know what I mean? There's, you know it's oh, going to yeah. be one or the other, you know what I mean? They just, It's super well perfectly put together to a point that they can't even quite get to that level of perfectly put togetherness even now again. It's a, it's so a we like it. one. We like yeah. it. We I, got three. I'd put it up there at number okay. three, I guess. Yeah. Alright, let's three. do it. We got 30 it's, games left to do. 30 games? Art. Yeah, three, three games, games left to do, guys. Just uh, three. Ne- next is Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. Uh, not reviewed in EGM. Not no, reviewed in EGM. Nope. Very difficult game to talk about because there are yep. there are a lot of as as psychopathic as the people are who email me <laughs> asking why I don't like Super Mario World uh, more than Super Mario Brothers Three. The people who email me asking why I don't like Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island more than Super Mario Brothers Three are completely insane. Like like all caps in the emails and and 65 exclamation points instead of 63. Uh, like there, those people are just nuts. And it's like, yeah, it's a great great game, right? I want to pause here and say I think you're the only one here who gets emails. Yeah, uh, man, I don't get crazy I, emails. I get well, emails. I get emails. I get Twitter uh, mentions and I get. Facebook messages, which all go into my other messages folder because I'm not friends with psychos most of the time. Um, like it, uh, yeah, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, really cool thing, but again, it's a different genre of food. It is not uh, New York pizza. I'm not even sure it's pizza, pizza anymore. Actually. It's, yeah, not, it's, it's, more, it's more, it's more a, a lasagna. I think it's more of a ravioli. 
It's not a little, calzone. It's, it's it's little pockets, little Eat little tiny pockets. It's not a calzone. Like a big plate full of ravioli, each with a different thing inside it, and yeah. it's got it's got neat levels. Uh, but it's the beginning of sort of the uh, the more deviant Mario games. I mean, first of all, Yoshi is the main character. Mario's a baby. Uh, the we we learn once and for all with Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, that we have no idea what the story is. Like, we have no idea who Mario really is, <laughs> and we never will, because it's like, yeah. I thought he was a guy from Brooklyn who stumbled into the Mushroom Kingdom and then later went to a dinosaur country, but he was here when he was a baby? Like, how did that happen? You know, it's like, <laughs> He was kidnapped. Like, but it has such an amazing aesthetic. Oh my god, yeah, no, it's... What I love about this game is I think it's like... Well, I mean, this is kind of nerdy and also evil of me, I guess. It's the repudiation of rendered graphics, because they started it as a pre-rendered graphics game. Yeah. And then they said, fuck that shit, and then they turned around and made, like, one of the most beautiful games ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... They they went, and they're like, we're going to make a game that looks pretty much exactly how we want it to look. And we've we've just uh, made a whole bunch of games on a system... And we've learned a whole bunch of stuff about graphics, and it seemed like the the graphical designers involved in that game were they they had learned to like the kind of art that they could make, you mm, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Instead mm-hmm. of and we we talk a lot about restrictions birthing great creativity, but Yoshi's Island is a fantastic example of artists who learned to love the stuff that was within their grasp. and I kind of wonder wh- how Nintendo strayed. I mean, I wonder if that was like a shareholders thing, like, like you know, shareholders now telling, you know, during every quarterly meeting, like, we need to be on iPhone. You know, I, I kind of yeah. wonder if that's what was happening back then when they sort of, impl- like, they hired Rare to do a you know, first-party Donkey Kong game, and I'm not, I actually like Donkey Kong Country, even the first one, but that's that was a weird decision. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know there's there's some discussion about this. I've read some stuff. About it. I don't remember, but like, I don't know. Like, this game is 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 weird because I think to get back to what you're saying, Tim, like people are like psychotically obsessed with it, and not even in a bad way. Like people just, you know, you play this game and you can't help but like it. It's like super hummable music, super beautiful game, super well made, super good. But I kind of almost feel like it's kind of like the Zelda three thing we were talking about again, in that. I don't have that same sort of lifefulness about my love for it or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a very great game that that is there and is very great. Yeah, and I mean, I'll tell you what. If I walk into a room and uh, I'm waiting for a pizza to be delivered or whatever and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is on the TV and there's no other game, god darn, I will have me a fantastic time playing mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. I will sit down and I will have just a brain-blasting good time. I don't know if Brandon has ever played Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Islands, but I feel like he would like it more than all the Mario games if he did. Mm. I, I have not played it, but I yeah. have I've seen the graphics and I like the graphics. Well, it's, I, the they, game where, it, it's the game where Mario most resembles Bonk. Yeah, he is a bald little, <laughs> true, a bald yeah. little baby. So. Well, um, also, it's, it's got a very... The, the feel of the way Yoshi controls, they did away with the run button is yeah. worth mentioning and they also the float like they perfected they perfected the float the uh the like the the, the sort of parabola yeah the completely 
float thing is... Contextually uh, unjustifiable, Yoshi can flap his legs and float in the air, much like Bonk spinning his head. Um, and then it's yeah, it was the beginning of weird mechanics. Like, Yoshi eats an, uh, an enemy, and then you press down to make an egg, which you can then throw with this crosshair that goes up and down, and you can lock by pressing a button. There's, like, this weird treasury shooter mechanic in there. It's quite and, good. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic video game. It's Where is it? It's it's a fantastic action game. It's, uh, man, I'd put it over Contra Three. I'd put oh, it yeah. over Contra Three, but is it is it over either Mega Man X or uh, 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 Metal Warriors? I'd put it over Metal Warriors, but below, but Mega, below Man Mega Man Three X. But below Mega Man X, X, I mean, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. I'm I think I can Yeah. Uh, our next our next game takes us out of Super Jail, uh, Super Metroid. Oh, oh yay, baby! Uh, really, really good video game. Yeah, it is. Really? A, it is the video game. I'm not game. super into it. Not really into it. I don't. Well, you're wrong. Have uh-huh. you Have you played? How much of it have you played, Brandon? Have you played all of it? No, I played through an hour or so, and it didn't do anything for me, and then I stopped. I played through two hours, also didn't do much for me, but I respected it enough to not, like, have an opinion, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't hate it, but yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's, I prefer the, the loose, dumb Metroidvanias to the actual Metroids. I'm with you. Yeah. I can see how you might think that. And I, I understand why you might believe that, but I, I just have a hard time believing you can play an hour of it and then say, "Oh, there's nothing going on here." Like uh, it's got a nice beginning, and and then it sort I of turns you loose. I didn't you know? say there was nothing going on. It it just it just didn't it didn't grab me in that time. Guys, it's, mm-hmm. it's ponderous at the beginning, and it has that opening stage where that kind of nothing stage in the beginning where you fight Ridley, and it, it's yeah, just, but it was cool. I don't know. A- am I, I a monster know. because I liked Metroid Fusion more than Super Metroid? No, there's a um, monster. I would, Christian, that's I'm, a New I'm York pizza, that, Chicago pizza thing again. But get, yeah, get, go, go sorry, ahead, get, getting sorry. to your point about the, uh, you know, it starts with that battle. It's like I feel like that is interesting if you already care about Metroid. Exactly. A bit. Well, so is that I, whole I first twenty minutes of the game where you <laughs> yeah. then go back through the place where you fought Mother Brain. And when I say where you fought Mother Brain in Metroid One, I mean the Point zero five percent of humans uh, who played Metroid that got anywhere in it, because Metroid was such an obtuse, uh, bizarre, weird, hard, yeah. grotesquely difficult video game that I don't think I think most of the people who like their knowledge of Mother Brain is they saw a screenshot in Nintendo Power or whatever they Player's they, Guide. Yeah, the players are getting yeah. that far is like man, it's it's just such a hard weird game. My neighbor was able to beat Metroid. I, you know, I got a lot of people, I think, had the one neighbor. Maybe they were the one neighbor who was capable of, of beating old NES games yeah. like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't have any particular. Like, I mean, I liked Metroid, but I didn't have any particular. Like, especially, I didn't go into Super Metroid with any expectations. It's another one I rented. Just like I'm like, oh, there's a new Metroid game. Like, even though, I, as you can tell from things we talked about, I was following EGM obsessively, whatever. I just didn't have any sort of excitement for it, and I just, it's like. Damn, this game is good. You know what I mean? So I don't know if I necessarily agree that you had to be a Metroid fan. Oh yeah. To, to like to appreciate it or whatever. I think it's it's just it's uh, it's a total packagey kind of game for me. Like it's really good game design, really good aesthetics, like really carefully put together. But it's not too. I mean, I'm not a sequence breaker kind of guy. 
or anything. Like, I'm pretty down the middle of the road in any sort of game that gives you the chance to think of clever ways to get around it. I usually am not that person. Um, but it's just a super nice game. Like, I only think warm thoughts about it when I think of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's. I, I like how when you land on the planet in the beginning, it's raining, and you, you're going into these dark caverns where there's like... Oh, I love that part, there. yeah. It It really is confident in its own world building in a way that the like you have if if you were in the right mood when you first played it which maybe you were a christian nut i definitely was i was 14 years old and uh, here was this game i rented and it's like yeah you know there's so much little animation in the character you can see the rain's coming off the suit and no, the, i the, i agree it created a good like, atmosphere yeah i just i had a i was really ready for it. and i actually i'll admit right here for the first time in public that i didn't really care about uh the original Metroids, you know? I didn't really care about them when I played Super Metroid. It's like, I had a little bit of knowledge of those games, but, you know, I didn't, who cares? Like, but I was just willing to get in there and be like, this is cool. I'm going, I'm delving into this universe here, and there's there's some ruins of some stuff. And, and, then, and then when it comes down to the actual game itself, it was a Zelda Link to the Past level of polish. Like, And uh, mm. as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to draw the line, and I'm going to say that for me personally, it's a better game than Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I, I think it is. I think it's more solid. I really like the action mechanics. I like the shooting. Uh, it's just such a polished action game. At it's a good. Core. It's also a good game of showing you, like, which is especially Nintendo is very good at, is like showing you something and making you understand it, and either being slightly story oriented or story oriented or or gameplay oriented both. Like, there's like the Baby Metroid. There's there's also like you know the and the aliens that demonstrate moves. You know what I mean? There's kind of just it's, a nice, very craftsmany, polishy niceness. Yeah, there's a whole lot of excellent craftspersonship in the game, and it's uh, there's all down to that. Uh, it's it's just one of one of my favorite games to think about, but not necessarily play. I like uh, you can see the inspiration that it had on games like Eco, uh, where there's they're just games where you're in this world and you're doing it's just a world that you're in, and it's kind of speaking for itself. Uh, there are some great moments where you're, you're swimming in acid for the first time, and you're you're in these underground, water-filled areas, and uh, you're learning where passages are. They, they lights. It's got all these really great brain candy moments where you you see a door way up above you, and you can't you don't know what that door is, and it's locked. And then later in the game, you come out of that door. And then even later in the game, you get the ability to do multiple jumps that'll get you back up there to use it as a shortcut. And you're just building an encyclopedia about the game in your head. And it's really, it's it's neat for being that. But Super uh, Metroid Prime is such a better game mm. <laughs> that uh, I can't even really think about Super Metroid as much. That's yeah, different. I feel like Super Metroid's been surpassed. I, I mean, I think it's been surpassed by the Castlevania games, personally. Yeah. Um, but, but, like, yeah. but, but, I will, but I will also say that Metroid Prime surpassed it. Yeah. So. Where is it on our list? Hmm. I would put it. I would put it under Zelda: Link to the Past. Mm. But above Contra Four. Three. I would definitely want to put it above Contra Three, but I, don't I know would. Yeah. I would here. want to put it above Contra Three. I think even as okay. a shooting game, even as a I, shooting I game, actually think it's above Link to the Past. I would put it above Link to the Past personally. If you guys want to put it above Link to the Past, I'm ready to draw they that do. line. Uh, but you. below Final Fantasy Six. 
I would put it personally put it above Final Fantasy VI, but I don't let's know put it is. above Final Fantasy VI. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, Super Metroid or Metal Warriors? Man, let's put it above Metal Warriors. Okay, uh, Super Metroid or Yoshi's Island? I would personally put it above Yoshi's Island. Let's put it above Yoshi's Island. Okay, Super Metroid or Mega Man X? Mega Man X. Okay. Mega Man X. Mega Manx. All right. Mega Manx. All right. This is where That's the matter. This is where the Matterhorn Prices Right game ends with uh, Super Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Matterhorn. All right. All right. Our final game is the one that uh, is replacing Blackthorn, which we vetoed at the beginning of the show. Uh, that would be Star Fox. I don't think that game is going to have aged well. I'll tell you no. that right now. Uh, it I, is. As as a technical accomplishment, it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I, I think that's people's nostalgia speaking a yep. little bit too uh, much, but it's it's it's, it's it is a, a good. good game. I actually think it's, yeah. I think that it's a good game that's that's better than than some people might remember, but it's uh, it's I think it's more interesting as a technical achievement than as a piece of. Well, it's it's interesting as a piece of his of history and and its place in game design. I think is uh, is secure due to that, if nothing else. But I I still don't think it's um, amazing. As I far think it's as a, a better actual... example, go ahead, Christian. I was gonna say, just as far as a game design game goes, like all things being equal, it's a good game, like a well-made game, fun to play. But it's not like remarkable in its design. It's the whole package and like the historical context that makes it notable, I guess is what you're yeah. going to say. It's, uh, it's not a game I sit around thinking about going back and playing. I was just playing Star Fox 2 last week. And, that one's uh, pretty good. Yeah, and it's like it's so much smoother and faster and funner. Yeah. And it's like then you get Star Fox 64, which is just a god darn firecracker of a video game. You know, it's just it's just so satisfying and so fun and uh, has all those neat lock-on attacks. And then you start thinking about Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon Spy, which are similar games. And It's like I can't really say that I even like the original Star Fox at all anymore. So is it the bottom of the list? What's or the bottom it? right now? Oh, the bottom I, right now is Kirby Superstar. I sort of want to just uh, start shuffling, uh, vetoing stuff to see what else Okay. Okay, we we can do that. I would uh, rather veto Kirby than I would yeah. rather veto Kirby. So can we knock off Kirby and then give us one more? Yes, you can knock I'm off good Kirby. With that. I have a question uh, about our methodology. I have a question. Which, <laughs> let's do yeah. it. What's what's the the methodology? Let's hear it. Um I I believe at one point there was some discussion of us being able to Force try to force a game onto the list if other people agree. Is that yeah, a thing? The, yes, yeah, that, that is something to do once we have twenty user, uh, twenty yep. listener nominated. Which we never do. Which yeah, we, well, we kind of do, but I think I I, I don't know. Let's, Which we have I, not I, I'm, with I'm, I'm willing know. to kick Kirby off right now okay, if everybody else is. Sure, yeah, Kirby. Uh, Okay, we've okay. kicked Kirby off, but funnily enough, the next game to come up is Kirby's Dream Course. Kirby's Dream Course is number one. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's not number one. Kirby's we, Dream uh, Course is one of my favorite games ever. I never played it. It's uh, it's stupidly fantastic. I I'm just I want to I want to point out that we missed an opportunity for a tan- fantastic joke to say that we kicked him to the Kirby. I'm just oh man, no. we yes. kicked Kirby. To the Kirby. Uh, <laughs> Only on insert credit. 
<laughs> uh, Kirby's Dream Course is one of my favorite games ever made. I like Kirby. Kirby is cool. Uh, I just don't like too many of the games he's in. But Kirby's Dream Course was like, yeah, let's make this weird sort of physics, uh, sort of golf, sort of platform, sort of 3D isometric game that doesn't really make any sense to anybody. But uh, it has a whole bunch of weird level design in it. I like it a lot. I need I to would, play that game. It's clear to me. I would say it's better than... Uh, it was one of the games I was hoping to force onto the list. I've got the rest of them straight in my head. Where do you right. want it? Where do you want I it? I don't know. Above Super Mario Kart? I'd put it above uh, Super Mario Kart, sure. Secret of Mana? You, have you guys ever... Go ahead I would leave. not. No. Well, yeah, I'd put it above that because I don't really like Super Mario Kart nowadays. Just put it above Super Mario Kart and leave it there. I don't okay. know. I am way more likely to play it right now than to try it than I would to play Super Mario Kart ever again. So. And I mean, it is it is an essentially Super Nintendo sort of game. I've I've never played anything remotely like it since then. So. Oh. Do you want to kick off Star Fox and redraw, or do you want to start forcing? Oh man, now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear the next one. We have to. We have to kick off Star Fox. To we have it. to move it to the next phase. He's saying that we have a decision to make. Are we done vetoing and into forcing, or are we going to keep vetoing things? I'm okay with forcing personally, but force, uh, yeah, force. okay. But before you force, uh, can, can I hear? Can we just hear the rest of the list that you have? No, because the rest of my list goes on for pages and pages and pages and pages. Can we just hear? Are they tabulated in order of the most votes received? Yes. Can you just break off the next ten for us, then? Okay, the, the next ten are in, in order. Yes. Uh, Evo Search for Eden. No! Metal, Com- uh, Metal Combat Falcon's Revenge. Yes. Uh, Super Bomberman 2. No. Mm. Saturn, no. Saturn Bomberman, seriously. Uh, SOS. Uh, baby, mm, love good, that but, game. Good, but I don't know if that's up 20. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it in my close to my chest here. Hagane. Uh, <laughs> Let's... Hagane is neat. Uh, Umihara Kawase. Umihara uh, Kawase is a good game that I'm. I've got the visual aid for that one. Oh, Super, hey, there you go. Super Mario All Stars. Uh, that doesn't no, really. It, that, 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 that doesn't count. Yeah. Moving on. Nah. Soul Blazer. No. Mm, no. It's it's okay, but no. Not top twenty good. material. No, for for sure. Terra no. Terra Enigma is better than Soul Blazer. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Four Turtles in Time. Champ, is, champ, is, champ. Is an arcade game. Yeah, yeah. And the tenth, and the tenth that didn't make the cut is Secret of Evermore. Oh. Okay, <laughs> let's just play Secret of Evermore and then be done with the list. Let's play Secret oh. of Evermore uh, directly below Lufia Two. Really? Yeah. And all we're, losing, all we're just... losing by doing that is Star Fox, right? Yeah. That's I'm all you're losing. Good with that. Uh, so. So here is our uh, f- here is our finalized list before we start forcing, if you will, uh, 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 from uh, least to greatest quality: uh, Super Castlevania 4, Donkey Kong yeah. Country 2, F Zero, Super Mario Kart, Kirby's Dream Course, Secret of Mana, Super Mario RPG, Contra 3, Link to the Past, Final Fantasy 6, Metal Warriors, Super Mario World 2, Super Metroid, Mega Man X. Secret of Evermore, Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals, Dragon Quest V, Super Mario World, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. 
Yeah, that sounds good. I'll tell you right now that Final Fantasy IV is a better game than Super Castlevania IV. (laughs) Yes, Final Fantasy IV needs to be on the list. Mortal Kombat Falcon's Revenge needs to be on the list. Uh, That's that's all I have. You only get one, Tim, I think. Yeah, well, each, I'm, each of us get well, one. Is Christian not Final forcing Fantasy. Final Fantasy? Yeah. yeah yes, why, now, can we can we give a good 30 seconds on why? Yes. You're, you're okay. forcing it. Why First is all, it better? Why is it better than Castlevania? Well, I mean, okay, why, so why it, is, is a, it is a game that is really intelligently made. They thought about how to make a fun, exciting story, and I've even played it recently and been able to appreciate the fact that they wanted to make a fun, exciting story that kept changing and kept doing things, bringing in characters, putting them out. They also yeah. wanted to make every single dungeon have something different about it. It is not like your average RPG. I mean, yes, they're not very puzzle-oriented, but every single dungeon, they think of a new idea and new implement experience. it. And, and it's and it's hard as balls, too. Like, late, late in the game, it just starts getting stupidly frustrating. And I love that. Cause it's they just like, went yeah. for it. You just it's, you play this game, they went for it. You know what I mean? Just, you, they they straight up just went straight for it. And you can you can play all the way through that game in twelve hours if you know where all the stuff is and have a good time at it every time. It's like revisiting a TV show or a movie that you like. The music yeah, it's like is a, fantastic. It's like a, a manga it's, adventure or something. If you from a modern perspective, when you know more, I know more about Japanese culture. It's like I can see they like wanted yeah. to go on like one well, of those epic sort of arcs that like a, a good manga series would take somebody on, an adventure thing, drama, melodrama, it really introduced melodrama in the Final Fantasy franchise, I guess for better or for worse, you might want to argue, yeah, but it certainly did a great job of it. A clean uh, little love story, uh, uh, some like really hot, weird, high fantasy action, you go to the moon, there's a spaceship, uh, and it's just all presented in this rope of a story that's just like, you know, from beat to beat, it's paced like a like an Indiana Jones movie, and it's just, it's phenomenal. And the Final Fantasy games got too big in their aspirations after that. And to me, it's pretty much the quintessential sort of Final Fantasy game. And I want to put it above Final Fantasy VI. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but Final um, Fantasy VI deserves to stay on the list. Yes. So are we, are we so, kicking Castlevania off for that? Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. I think even Brandon has played Final Fantasy IV, haven't you? Yeah, I played it. I played uh, on the DS. They had that, yeah. Did you get yes. all the way through it? Sure didn't. Oh, the DS man. version is quite different to the uh, SNES. It's it's you know a ground up okay. remake, so it's hard to compare mm-hmm. them directly. Certainly, That's... I think you probably lose some of the uh, the snappy pacing with the, with that version. That's yeah, sure. the other the other thing I lost was I think the character design because the character design in the DS one was really weird, and that's why I didn't finish it. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, below, uh, above six below Metal Warriors. Oh, put it over Metal Warriors. Uh, above below just... Yoshi's Island. Mm, I would, I would, I mean, I personally would like to see it go above Yoshi's Island. Put it over Yoshi's Island, baby. Fine. Do it. But, but below Super Metroid. Oh, my brain is tearing in half now. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a it hard. hard. It's hard. The that's upper a, half, the upper half of this list is super, super tight. That is a tough-o choice as yes. Jar Jar Binks would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to not have uh, much of a horse in this race because I don't have to make any decisions. All right. <laughs> uh, let's, put I, it, let's put it above Super Metroid and keep it below Mega Man X. Cool. That's, all hard, right. yeah, it's, that's, that, that's a little knot of things I really, really like there. You know, yeah, they're all very close. Uh, densely packed. Does anyone else want to force a game onto the list in lieu of Diddy's Conquest? Um, I I think that it is a crime against humanity uh, if 
Diddy's Conquest is on the list, and Metal Combat Falcon's Revenge is not on the list. Okay. I haven't, play, I haven't played Metal Combat, so I is don't that a Super Scope game? It is a Super Scope game designed. That's why I never played it. It is a Super Scope game made by uh, Intelligent Systems, makers of uh, Fire Emblem and Advance Wars. Yeah. Uh, it is a Super Scope shooting RPG. Uh, with a really long, weird, dramatic story, and these punch-outy sort of uh, characters that you're fighting against in these really, really multi-stage, bizarre robot battles, and they all have their own weird little poker tells, and uh, it's it's just non-stop virtuoso sort of action with awesome sound design, fantastic user interface. I mean. It's just such a polished game, and you look at it and you're like, yeah, the Nintendo Wii sure did come out like seven years ago, and they've got a goddamn pointing device you're aiming at the screen, and they never tried to make anything this good. They never tried to make another thing like this. It's just so coherent, and it's so fun, and you're just you're hanging out in the world as you play it because you get your little co-pilot face popping up in the corner and dialogue streaming in, and uh, it's just so neat. It's just like... Such a neat game, and uh, it's sad that it didn't yeah. get all the votes. The problem is that, like, Super Nintendo... I mean, for me, like, my my friend had this, my best friend had the Super Scope. We had the 6-in-1 cartridge, and they were like... You know, the immediate reaction to that was, why did we buy a Super Scope? You know what I mean? Like, you kind of immediately have that feeling. And I think that's why... It, Metal Combat is not necessarily that anyone has bad feeling towards it. It's just they never were exposed to it. Yeah... I would love to put Metal Combat on this list. So we've got currently F Zero at the bottom of the list. Yes, because we just kicked off Diddy Kong. I, I can I can kick off F Zero for almost anything. I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. I don't care about F Zero. Yeah. Okay, Do but we, we're, before we kick off F Zero, where are we going to put Metal Combat? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I think we could put <laughs> Metal. <laughs> you Frank's don't hungry. care. Frank is uh, hungry. I, That's what we're. I learning. think we could put Metal Combat. I would put it between Super Metroid and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. I'm going to say it's better than Yoshi's Island. All right. Wow. Now I want to play this game. You know, the, the emulators use a mouse for Super Scope, right? Yeah, Does it do work they? well with a mouse for Super Scope? Because I'm certainly not going to buy a Super Scope. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know. We, no I, shooting I, game works well with a mouse. It's not. <laughs> does, yeah, but, an, uh, does, does anyone else want to force a game onto the list? Uh, Well, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this up to other people if they feel like it should be on the list, but we don't have a game of this type, and I really like Final Fight Three. I think it's a very... I really like Streets of Rage Three. Uh, I like, I really like, me too, man. I like Streets of Rage Three way better than that, but uh, Final Fight Three, my two favorite Super Nintendo games. Maybe I'll just talk about that. Yeah, let's hear it. I'm gonna Final... say up. Up front, that I just don't see Final Fight Three being a great essential Super Nintendo game. Yeah, that's Agreed. that's fine. And um and I never but, played it. You know, aside from Chrono Trigger, my favorite two are Final Fight Three, which has, uh, which evolved the grappling system of uh, beat 'em ups a fair bit, and also branching paths and that sort of stuff, which I really liked. Uh, and then Run Saber because, but again, Strider is probably a little bit better than Run Saber, but and and uh, mine is maybe a little better, but I like Run Saber too. And those are the games that I liked, but I guess I don't really need to force them on the end. 
That's yeah. cool. Three is I just didn't even know it was supposed to be so great. Like Fran, my boyfriend, mentioned to me it's out. It's like out on Virtual Console this week, so at least we can sort of plug it. I guess. Yeah, give it a shot. It's it's good. I'll it's, play uh, that. I'll, I, mean, I never. I, I didn't even know it existed. Like, it's funny. It's like one of those genres. I know it wasn't totally dead by then, but, you know, like, talk about precipitous. Like, Final Fight 1 was, like, one of the most notable early Super Nintendo games, and then by the time Final Fight 3 came out, it was, like, the typical Capcom running to the ground. No one was talking about Final Fight anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so the, re- the, reason, the reason that I would call it a quintessential Super Nintendo game is because it was a Super Nintendo exclusive, and it did different things with the genre that hadn't quite been done mm-hmm. before. And uh, so that I I really like it. What what's at the bottom of the list right now? Bottom of the list is F Zero, which I think this should beat F Zero. I w- I would put this at least at number eighteen or twenty above F Zero. What? what would you put? Final, F- Final Fight Three above F Zero at least. Hmm. I mean F. I. Uh, I am forced I mean, to abstain because I've literally never even seen it like ever. It's I can't even have an op- impression of this. Game. I mean. You know, yeah, you could knock F-Zero off uh, for it. Uh, I think they're both kind of equally nothing games in my mind, though. Yeah, I just, I disagree. I mean, this is one of the only you know games what I like? that I have an opinion about. So, You know what, <laughs> uh, what What other Super Nintendo beat-em-up I've played that I like way more than Final Fight 3? And a game that nobody ever talks about is that god darn Super Double Dragon is mm. actually a really neat game. That has a, some really good feel and some really awesome graphics. In it. Yeah, it's it's good. I want to vote I'd... for it replacing uh, F Zero so that we have some Brandon on the insert credit list. Agreed. <laughs> that that uh, yeah. is ultimately why I'm doing it. I'm also That's prepared a... to I'm prepared to throw some weight before, behind it just because my boyfriend likes it. No, I'm not just saying that to to uh, to please him. I just think he's very smart. So. All right. Uh, let's put <laughs> let's put it at number nineteen above Super Mario Kart, but below Kirby's Dream Course. I'm cool with that. I'll put it above Kirby. All right. Oh, well, yeah. What? Have know. you not ever played Kirby? There's no, there I is haven't. literally it's fine. It's literally no game like right, Kirby's 19, Dream 19. Number nineteen. It's fine. Good. Final fight number three, <laughs> and I think that's it. Unless Frank or Christian has anything to. No, I forced Final Fantasy Four. Christian's already forces. So Christian. Frank's Frank. Uh, so I'm kind of quickly, like, we didn't miss anything that I had in mind. I'm kind of quickly looking through some best lists online, and, uh... The bottom of our list is currently Super Mario Kart. That's I like I like Uniracers, but yeah, I don't think it's else, the top 20. Everything um, else I could mention is just games I like that I don't necessarily think are better than anything yeah. on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the kind of place we're at. Uh, we, we're all fans of Plock around here, but that's... I love Plock! Yeah, Plock. Um, what else... Uh, Super Turrican and Super Turrican 2, both pretty fun, but not... Yeah, but not, not quintessential uh, Super Nintendo no, game. I just... I, I want to quickly say that my favorite Super Nintendo game is uh, the Japanese RPG, uh, the card-based uh, Dragon Ball Z Legend of the Super Saiyan. That was the first uh, fan-translated ROM I ever played, and it has a huh. special place in my heart. Aww. That's fair, you can say that. I'm looking at some list here <laughs> online that's like best have... Super Nintendo games, and it's just all terrible trash. I have like a very Ken good Griffin game Jr. that I... Baseball, or what? <laughs> that no one is not going to be... You're going to find a list. I think this is a really good game. I'm holding it up. Has anyone else played this? Tetris Battle Gaiden. Nope. This I like Tetris a... Battle Gaiden. I haven't game. played it. I yeah, like Tetris 2. I like Battle Tetris game. Attack. Or panel de pone. Tetris, actually, Tetris Attack. If Tetris Attack isn't on the list, I'm not necessarily one of these people, but there are people who will be baying for our blood with no Tetris Attack on this list. Whatever. 
We're used to yeah, it. Uh, they can't find us. I don't have blood. <laughs> They'll never find us. Okay, I think that I think that's our solidified list. I'll post it on our Facebook group. Maybe on Insert Credit itself. Who knows? Uh, thank you, Christian, for joining us this late in the evening. Yeah, it's, thanks for having me. It's it's 11:30 p.m. where I am. Uh, oh my gosh. Super late. Uh, th- thanks to everybody for voting, even though we made fun of you a whole bunch. Uh, we really appreciate your uh, interactivity, and we'll do something like this again soon. You can yeah. send your questions into uh, podcast at insertcredit.com. You can hang out with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash icpodcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or find the newest episodes on podcast.insertcredit.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Brandon's at Necrosofty. Uh, Christian's at Theracide. Uh, Frank is at Frank Cifaldi. Tim is at 108. Um, we've got some interesting projects on the horizon. We'll be sure to share more news with you on those as they come. Uh, anything uh, else? Yes, we are going to do the Citizen Kane podcast eventually. Not yeah. today. Uh, let's not just today. do it right now. <laughs> let's just not get out. Actually, yeah, the, um, I, fa- I found a better documentary than the one I own, and it's on YouTube, so I'm just going to make you guys watch it. Yeah. One thing I'd love to do one day is a 24-hour insert credit marathon. Like uh, a telethon? Will, yeah, like a telethon where we can raise uh, money for something. Um, I'll do that. I'll be on that. I know Brandon doesn't want to, but I'll totally do it. I'll be on the whole thing. I guess I yeah. could do it, but it sounds like it sounds like a misery. <laughs> how about, a misery. How about yeah. we do it at like my house? <laughs> we do it at my house while playing that sounds, video games. That sounds really easy for you. <laughs> no, I think it's a good. I actually think it's a good no, idea. It, as long it, as you, it is a good idea. Yeah, but well, no, you need more furniture. It, it'll be me and Tim, and we'll line up a bunch of guests to come in and out. Uh, I actually have a bunch of chairs now. I, I'm sure we could get Lee Alexander to show up at some point. Who knows? Yeah, we would just try and get like 20 whoever, guests whoever. to show up at various uh, times. We can get guests from around the world because mm-hmm. it's 24 hours. Yes. Guests uh, from Japan. I already know who to invite from Japan. We could we, go Batman. Batman on we, the show. We, we could get guests from around Tim's neighborhood, just like his next door neighbor, the guy walking the dog outside. Hey, David Serlin and Chris Hecker live uh, like blocks away from me. So all right. Uh, so that's a, so that's a wacky idea for a wait. Thing there's actually there's happened. a lot of people that live in this neighborhood who work on video yeah. games. It's true. Frank would probably know better than me. Okay. So, uh, oh, Will Wright so, lives around there. Yeah, Will Wright lives up the street. Um, Mike, norm- Mike. Normally, I would say hang out with us after yeah. the show to discuss the show, but I, oh, hell no. that, we're not going to do that. No, I'll, I'll stay on. Um, I, I, I'm cooking chicken. I I am, I'm going to go find a dinner item as well. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Super Nintendo. I hope it was worth the wait because you know uh, gonna... the curse is finally broken. I'm gonna play Actually, this, yeah, this is over if Jaffe's going. It is. Yeah. It is over. Yeah. It'll yeah. end instantly. Anyway... At any rate, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Spaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I am entirely Christian Nutt. And now you're playing with power. Super power. Podcast over, yeah!